Hello and welcome to the MinMax Show, a place about games, friends, and getting better. I'm Ben Hansen, joined by Kyle Hilliard. <laughs> Violently waving, huh? Uh huh, Jeff Argifava. You got us all, all the rest of us waving though, Kyle, so it worked. Serial Vasquez. Hello. And Leo Vader. And the waving gifts get a lot of mileage in the Discord because they uh, people put them when they're introducing uh, new people to the Discord. So That's I'm going to give them a free one right now. Okay, go for it. Uh, for the audio listeners, Leo's giving possibly the greatest wave I've ever seen. Incredible. Unbelievable. And he's actually turning I'm into crying. a gift himself. He can't get out of his own loop. Anyways, everybody, <laughs> we have I a lot. I think they're handing him the Academy Award as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, he's stuck in the gift and can't grab it. Uh, so, hey, we got uh, a lot to cover on this week's episode of the MinMax Show. We're talking about some new games we've been playing, Fall Guys. I believe everybody's fallen in love with this one. Uh, and then some odds and ends. Neo 2, Serial Vasquez, yes. I've, I've played. I've played it. Great. And then a bulk of the conversation here is going to be running down the release calendar for 2020 because we're definitely in that spot where I just had a vague impression. It's like, you know, I just had facial surgery and then they were taking the gauze off around my eyes. I could barely see what was happening on the horizon. And so the point of this podcast is let's actually get 2020 vision, no pun intended, Boy, this is a punny episode. And actually lay out oh, wow. what's coming when, and there restart? will be... Yeah, we really should. <laughs> Context for this game could not be sweatier, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so the point is, we're going to be having a bit of a bidding war, slash some would say a release calendar six-shooter duel to figure out who gets to play which games unofficially. The point is we're running down the release calendar for 2020, everybody, so please enjoy that. Um, and then, of course, back after the show, we have a bunch of community questions that people submitted on Patreon. Uh, okay, first things first. There is a state of play focusing, PlayStation says, on PS4 games and PSVR games uh, on Thursday at 3 p.m. Central. Uh, I'll be streaming reactions to that. You can find it on the YouTube channel, but we won't be talking about anything that was announced there, so we're sorry, but as of the time of this recording, we don't know what it is. Um, let's see. Also, we should reveal something big. Uh, the next deepest dive. Jeff, um, Don't do it. Okay. Don't you do it. This is an interesting one. Uh, we were planning one, and then Serial said, hey, what about this as a deepest dive? Uh, and then everybody said, yes, we should do that. That feels much more timely and appropriate. And so... This is going to be a quick Kyle's, turnaround. Kyle's reveal, revealing it's it right Sonic now. Sonic the Hedgehog because of the rings. <laughs> uh, no, it'll all make sense in just a moment. Yeah. So the next deepest dive is going to be... Drumroll, please, everybody. Halo oh. Combat Evolved, the 2001 game. Uh, this is going to be timely because of Halo Infinite, obviously. It seems like they're kind of hearkening back to that era of Halo. So I've never finished Halo. It's up there for the games that I've started over and over and over again and never finished. But we're kicking this off with a fast turnaround, so it's going to be next week. Play through the first five missions. So stop after the assault on the control room level. So we're splitting it up into three conversations. So... First conversation, which is the uh, conversation airing on August 12th, that is going to be the first five missions of the game. Next week after that, it's going to be the final five missions of the game. Then the week after that is a bit of a bonus week where we're going to be talking about the multiplayer of Halo 1. Um, there's going to be a lot to discuss overall. Um, I assume I'm the only one that's never finished Halo 1? Actually, I haven't finished it either. Ooh. I've, I've, I've played the early levels a couple of times, but wow. most of my time with Halo has been in, in multi, well, with Halo 1 has been in multiplayer. 
Ending's the best part. Oh, interesting. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm yeah, going to say... Are we going to go for the legendary ending or just the regular <laughs> ending? We'll see what kind of person you are, Kyle. Uh, and so the way this works is, yeah, breaking it up into multiple sections. If you want to play along with us, submit a comment for us to read on The Deepest Dive. You can support us at any tier on Patreon. Then we'll have a post up on August 10th, that Monday, saying, hey, leave a comment here. And then if it's a great one, if it's a good one, or just a pretty okay one, we'll read it on the episode and you can join us for the discussion. It should be a great time. So... Please let us know what you think about that choice in the comments below. We'd appreciate any feedback like that. Um, hey, Kyle, as uh, the biggest fan of Halo on this podcast, I do believe, I'm curious what you thought of the announcement last week, which seems like it was a leak that then Microsoft and 343 revealed the truth quickly um, that Halo Infinite's multiplayer is going to be free to play. Uh, I mean, I think it's a good thing. I think it's exciting. The one, The one downside to it is that it implies that there's going to be like some kind of microtransaction sort of focus or loot boxes or something. Do you think? What? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, because it's basically it would be, although, I mean, optimistically, because it's like you can buy the game or you can or you have Game Pass. So like the, the group of people who would be playing that free-to-play version might be small, so maybe they won't be too concerned with trying to monetize it too much. But like, well, also, honestly, like that's the only negative in my sort of viewpoint is that it might sort of focus on microtransactions. But otherwise, I I don't think there's much of a downside. It just means more people will be playing. My old high school friends that I played a lot of Halo with who don't really play a lot of games anymore, I can be like, hey, let's play Halo. It's free. Yeah, guys, yeah, and it, it's it's a weird thing with Game Pass specifically because like the free players enhance the Game Pass players' experience just because there's more people to play with. So it's like the, I could see them not monetizing it out of the gate where they're just like, hey, you, this is just Halo. You know, they're obviously trying to, you know, it's like a big nostalgia play for them to say like this is just like the Halo you remember. Um, and so I can see them saying like this is it, like this is intact and whatever. And then you know, months down the road, they that's when they start doling out microtransactions. Yeah, what gives me hope that maybe they won't be leaning as heavily into microtransactions as this would look at first is, you know, they said that they're announcing or that they're letting folks play with xCloud on Android devices in September. And so maybe this Mm -hmm. is just kind of their Trojan horse for getting xCloud on as many devices as possible with that idea like, hey, you can have xCloud, you can play anywhere. Is that, but I guess that's confusing because I guess you have to pay for xCloud. A Game Pass subscriber. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, I mean, I my hope is that like like kind of like a I know Warzone has a lot of microtransactions and things you can spend money on, but like there are bonuses for owning Call of Duty. So like my hope is that like if you if you're a Game Pass subscriber or you buy the game outright, you get all these bonuses and then the only monetary incentive for the free-to-play players is to buy the game or sign up for Game Pass. Like that would be my my hope. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a crazy change of the era, you know, and you got to wonder if they'd be doing this if it wasn't for Call of Duty creating Warzone this year. This seems to be going yeah. pretty well for them overall. And so they also said that the multiplayer is going to be 120 frames per second on the Series X, which is interesting. Um, very curious to see what that looks like and how big it'll be. Leo, do you think, like, you're not a diehard Halo guy, but do you think that free-to-play aspect would get, like, your friend group to check it out? Definitely. I, yeah, my friend group plays, uh, through whatever new halo or whatever old halo comes out again on PC that's been going on. So I can't imagine they wouldn't be interested in a free one. Yeah. Crazy. But it's 
crazy. 120 times. frames per second. I wonder if it'll have like crossplay at that point. Because sometimes I think with Destiny across generations, they're like, we don't want the frame rate advantage of 60 versus yeah. 30. I wonder it, if 120. Weird. Like, oh, that's interesting. That, yeah. With Destiny, it's weird because it's, even on PC, people have different setups. So I don't, you know, like someone might not have the hardware to run it at, at you know, 140 or whatever versus 60. So I'm I'm curious to see what like that split is like, but true. Yeah, I guess I never really questioned the wisdom of it being like maybe it's crossplay across everything. You know, I, I guess I, that never even came to mind. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, that's Halo stuff. Uh, Drench for the deepest dive. We should mention that Halo One is available on Steam in the Master Chief Collection, mm-hmm. and then also yeah. it's on Game Pass. So there's plenty of ways to play it. You can originally you can even play it on the original Xbox if you want to. I think that'd be really fun to have some folks bring it out and play on the duke or something so hopefully you know we're, yeah. we're aware we've been playing a lot of playstation games for the deepest dive and so hello xbox players this one is for you Mwah. also i guess we can decide right now i mean i think the best approach because it is the anniversary edition that's in the collection yeah i mean but it's not like a remake in the in the traditional sense where a lot has been changed so i think if you want to just flip back and forth occasionally looking at the updated visuals and stuff I yeah. think that'll just be part of the discussion. I don't think you need to commit to one or the other. Right. Like I think people will be writing in about all different versions of this game. So it should be a fun chat yeah. overall. So look forward to that next week. It'll be on our YouTube channel and then the Patreon exclusive podcast feed as well. Um, Fall Guys has been uh, taking the world by storm. This is a new, oh boy, Mario Party Battle Royale. Is that the easiest way to describe what this <laughs> thing is? Yeah, sure. that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, little Takeshi's Castle, MXC in there as well. Um, but it's on PlayStation Plus, which is a very smart move. It seems like everyone is willing to try this game, and it is a game that is very hard not to laugh your way through <laughs> when you first check it out. Uh, has everybody here played it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but oh. I've been seeing a lot of clips on uh, Twitter. That explains that it frown, Go play it's right now. time to turn it upside down. Uh, Leo and Jeff, you played it for the great goatee hunt. How'd that go for you? It was probably the best goatee hunt ever, right, Leo? It was really fun. There were a lot of good moments that came naturally out of how goofy those mini games are and how goofy those like physics mechanics are. It really naturally makes it feel different every time and still exciting, even like the tenth time you've done the same obstacle course. Yeah. So yeah. it's. I mean, it is. It is a game. Like it's for streaming you know like even the first trailer we saw for that i was like well that's going to be a game that a lot of people are streaming <laughs> like you know it's, just, it's made for that you know yeah it's a fun generator you don't have to do anything sure. yeah and so just for the basics of this thing uh 60 players enter battle royale battle royale-esque eventually working your way down to one player um and the way it's whittling you down is through a series of Mini games usually involving racing, hiding, trying to manage a ball. It feels a little physics-y, little elements of gang beasts in there as well. It's that fine line that's fascinating where you are you feel like you're just in control enough to feel like, I can do better. I can actually get this next time. I can actually get the winner-winner chicken dinner here. But if you really look at what's happening, it's pretty silly. Your character's leaning way back as he's running. Like I'm still trying to figure out how much of a crapshoot is this versus actual skill hmm. I think mix of both i think, I think there's more <laughs> more luck than most battle royales for sure but i don't yeah. think you can win without being decently good yeah but but it is it it's not just that you feel like you can actually win this like you actually can win this Have it, you won? It, i mean and it, it's it is because like it, like the the skill threshold is pretty low especially compared to other 
battle royales. Like you, you're basically, you have a jump button, a dive button and a grab button that doesn't come into play all too often. And, and you, it's really, it's like a series of four different, you know, like mini game modes that you have to get through. I've won it. Wow. I can do it. Anyone can. Yeah. Leo won it. Way to go guys. Uh, I just played a little bit last night. Uh, We did not win at any point, but you're right. It is that (laughs) thing of, you know, I love battle royales, but at a certain point I realized like the odds of me winning one of these things are very low unless I have chef from in snacks, Grant carrying me through in war zone or something like that. Uh, But then with this one, it's like, well, it just, because it is a little bit looser, sillier, there is a chance I could actually win this thing. It's just so nice to have a new Battle Royale experience that's like, well, this is doable, actually. I might be able to see this one through. Yeah, yeah and you expect this, like, obstacle course thing to feel the same as another Battle Royale, right? Like, where the pulse is pounding towards the end and yeah. the, the stakes just keep getting higher and higher, but it really does. You really get that same, like, relief passing around, passing, you know, yeah. winning around, and, like, the satisfying victory and the crushing defeat. It's all there. Yeah, but but it's in like a ten minute chunk instead of you know forty minutes, and it's it's no ten minutes of pure entertainment and like action the entire time, as opposed to like, well, I'm gonna hide in this bathtub now for the next ten minutes because that's the smart play to do. Like here, yeah. you are constantly running or you know jumping into a giant horde of other people. Trying to push your way through a breakaway door and stuff. Some of those they're get... called beans. Is is the the fiction Jeffem? So, oh, oh I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, yeah, Kyle's actually read a the novel for Fall Guys, so he can actually <laughs> shed some light on this thing overall. You're like adapting it into a movie, right? It's coming soon. It's well, coming I can't soon. say much about it yet, but okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love. I'm trying to think of like my favorite game within Fall Guys that I've played so far. I really love. The, I think it's always the grand finale one. I believe. Where it's just kind of like, looks like a, a bee's nest, kind of that hex grid, and then you're just running. Hexagon. And the pla- yes, hexagon, hexagon, thank you. As, the, as you're running, then that disappears beneath you, and just trying to carve out your little space and trying to have some place to jump to, and then there's layers and layers and layers of it until there's only one person left. That's such a brilliant little piece of design that I think works super well, and it always feels like, I think I can do this, and then it just goes awry immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you end up being the one on the highest platform, you know, and it's like wide open. You're like, oh, I got this, I got this, and then you fall down like through three yeah. of them as you're falling, and it's like, oh, oh. it's brutal. Uh, Kyle, are you enjoying the game? Yeah, I had a good time. I do. I I don't know if it's going to be like a long term staple for me. Like, I yeah. think I had a lot of the fun that I'm going to have with it playing it with my kid last night, which was. Which was a joy, like for both of us to be in the same rooms, and like when I was out, I would root her on, and vice versa, and stuff like that. But I think the the sort of the luck element, which is heavy, like doesn't really make me like eager to go back a ton. But it's like it's kind of undeniable fun while you're playing, you know? Like, yeah. When you're in, you're having a good time. But yeah, I want to. I, th- I don't really see myself like eager to like. Oh, I can't wait to get my fall guys skill up. You know, it's like. Just I don't I don't I don't know if it'll be long term fun for me, but I had a, I had a great time playing it last night for oh, sure. Oh, good. Yeah, I do want to know what that long term life is for this thing. I mean, people are comparing it to Rocket League with, you know, getting on PS Plus out of the gate. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be as successful as Rocket League, but at the same time, I want to see like pro level streams a year from now. I want to know what this system evolves into, and they have seasons. Seems like they'll be adding stuff along the way to keep people coming back to some extent, but I just want to know like. 
how this thing is going to evolve just on the player level. And strategies for each mode. Right. Like, yeah. that's what the high-level play will be, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing that would get me coming back frequently are just, like, we've added five new games. Like, five new main yeah. games or whatever. It looks like yeah. some were already cut from the beta, even. Oh, really? So, like, I think they... I think so. There was one that was, like, you had to tag people. Like, you would get jinxed. Which oh, like, yeah, like, yeah, that one's in there. You did? Okay, so that one's still there. I didn't see it at all last Well, there's time, the so one with, like, the tail, if that's what you're talking about, where you have to grab the it's tail. No, that, that's a different one. one as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. But, um, so, well, that's interesting, because I thought, I thought maybe they had cut it. But, like, the idea that they could cut things and add different games, like, that's the thing I think that would keep me coming back occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be the key to any kind of longevity is treating it like a live service game and just continuing to add new modes and, like, interesting stuff from week to week that makes you think oh yeah like i i want to go check back into that and they yeah they can have you know uh different costume elements pulling from different holidays and stuff i feel like there's enough to kind of spice it up but it is just that feeling of like oh yeah here's a little bit of a lightning strike in the industry yes this is exactly what the industry needed is silly goofy physicsy battle royale you wouldn't think mm-hmm. it but once it's there it's like oh yeah of course, this is going to take off, and I'm glad to see its success overall. Yeah, and yeah. and this is this is like the one battle royale where I don't have any angst about jumping back into the next match. Whereas right. most of them, you know, like especially if, especially if I do well in you know like um you know Call of Duty battle royale or whatever. Once once I do good, I think like okay, I'm done for the night because I'm still on edge, and it's like. It, it feels like such a commitment to jump back into it and do a full another run. But with this, it's, you know, it's so fast and it's so breezy and it, it doesn't feel really as competitive in the way that if you're actually just like shooting other players during it, like everyone's just in there having a good time and no one's taking it personally unless you're playing one of the team modes and your team lets you down which they frequently do i mean there there are people who are standing in front of the finish line now yeah who are oh, just really? trying to grab people before they cross which is like kind of annoying but like <laughs> i'm not so butthurt about it like it's like all right you rascal yeah Let's yeah exactly you rascal is the worst thing you can say in uh, fall guys <laughs> i think yeah um but yeah fall guys check it out on ps plus if uh you want a free easy way to check it out uh hey Cerdo vasquez Mm-hmm. I saw you tweeting up a storm this week, just in a rage. Uh, this analog pocket thing. Can you explain what that is and why you're so excited to get one? It's a, uh, a Game Boy for people who have too much money and uh, or or <laughs> don't problem. care about the money they have. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and so it's just a portable emulation thingy. Yeah, well, it's not. Well, I think their their sell is that it's using like FPGA, so it's not technically software emulation, which is I think what a lot of like these like pro retro consoles do. I think they're using like actual chipsets to run the games versus you know you load the cartridge in and it's like okay, this is the file that we need to run on our end. Yeah, uh, which is you know makes it more accurate. Um, it has uh, like these different screen modes. So if you plug in, so I think out of the gate, it's compatible with. Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance, and then you can buy adapters that let you play Game Gear and uh, Neo Geo Pocket Color games, Ooh. Atari Lynx games, um, and so you plug it in, and they have like different screen modes. So if you plug in a Game Boy, uh, a Game Boy game, you can make the screen kind of match the same like green and, and gray hues that you get out of an original Game Boy. Yeah, like on the 3DS thing. Of. Yeah, yeah. So you you can do that. Um, 
it, you know, it supports like a bunch of link cables and stuff. And then you can buy a dock that lets you stream it out through HDMI. So oh, really? On the screen. Yeah. I don't think it's compatible with everything. I, I don't think you can like plug it into a GameCube and play Four Swords Adventures that way, which would be, you know, the ideal use of, of what, let's say $1,500, I guess. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, because um, they're 200 each. Ugh. Yeah. So, yeah, it, but it's like mostly um, this is the one that I have games for, like uh, the, because they've released ones for that are basically the equivalent of a uh, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and Genesis so far. Uh, and I like, you know, I like games from those consoles, but those games are usually available elsewhere. Like on the, like the Super Nintendo one didn't appeal to me because I already have you know, a lot of those games in the classic or through the switch service. Right. Yeah. But I have a bunch of game boy games, uh, lying around like game boy advance games, especially that I would want to play and stream and stuff. So like, this seems like, okay, well, if I'm going to get one of these high end consoles and feel cool about playing retro games, it may as well be this one. And what's going to be the first game you play on there? Uh, probably like either one of the game boy Castlevania games or, um, Metroid zero mission, which I've been meaning to play. Hmm. So those are pretty no good. There's, wars, huh? uh, I mean, I play I, that one is available on 3DS. Well, if you were like one of those ambassadors um, and also, yeah, it's like I just I have not played it before and it felt feels like, oh, I really liked Metroid Fusion when I played it. So I don't know why I wouldn't have played the the other really good one that people talk about. So, yeah, well, that's nice. And now they're completely sold out everywhere and you're going to be the last person on Earth to get it. Uh, that's right. Thing. I can't wait to play one game and then resell it for a thousand dollars. Uh, well, they said that, <laughs> that they have more. Elijah Wood, he's on the he's on the. Hunt. That's true. I could totally scam Elijah Wood out of a bunch of money. Is what I'm looking forward to. Uh, no, I think they they said it, it's not out until May of next year, and I think they've said oh. that hey, we we're expecting more stock to be available before then. Hopefully, like they're not making promises, but they're saying hopefully we'll have another round of pre-orders available before then. But yeah, it's kind of a weird way, you know, to to announce pre-orders almost a year in advance, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations, man. I hope you feel no, um, you. like part of the elite now. Yeah, I'll, I'll at some point look at it and say, should I have spent this much money? But you know, I'll have played some games yeah. on it before then, so it'll. Wow. Cyril, didn't didn't you tweet that you're a big stupid for buying it? Oh yeah, I totally like see this as like there are way cheaper ways to have done this, including the, the fact that way. I have a Game Boy <laughs> uh, Advance already. But you know, you can. What am I going to do? Like that's not it. That's not the big fancy one. Hey man, and I can put on my TV. No, it is a sharp looking little device. Yeah, yeah, it does look nice. Yeah, it's got a cool look overall. Uh, Analog Pocket was the name of that thing. Um, just before we started uh, recording this episode of the Max Show, there was a big E3 press conference from our dear friends at Intellivision, the Intellivision mm-hmm. Amico, which you know Ben Reeves and I last year back at Game Informer had a meeting with Tommy Tellerico, who's heading up this kind of revival of Intellivision, you know, old game composer, Earthworm Jim, stuff like that. Um, and their pitch is just so fascinating and bizarre. I've just been locked in on all Intellivision news as they've been trickling it out. And so this, they had a stream that was basically Intellivision's Nintendo Direct. It is just surreal. Uh, because they showed some gameplay... For some games, other games, like they have a new platformer, uh, what's it called? Oh, Finnegan Fox. Uh, this is an Intellivision exclusive platformer, and they just showed like screenshots of that, that one. But it's like this weird nostalgia play at times where it's like, hey, we got a new missile command, and here's like the new developer for the new missile command. It's just got this weird indie grassroots vibe showcasing a lot of very small teams, including there's a team 
uh, called Concrete Software that's making a version of Spades for in television, which was the star of the show for this uh, press conference stream. But they're based out of Minnesota. Like, they're actually going to be oh. very close to where the new Minmax Studio is going to be in September. And it's like, what a weird thing. This, like, small Minnesota team. You're like, huzzah! Spades on the Intellivision, everybody! <laughs> but they... So Tommy Tellerico announced that they're actually going to be partnering with the Major League... With MLB to create Intellivision Major League Baseball, which is going to be an exclusive game. And all these games are very family-friendly. They're kind of trying to corner that Wii market um, in the year 2020, which that... <laughs> Proposal alone, I want to see how that goes. So then they transition, not showing any MLB footage. Then they transition into what's going to be the pack-in game for the Intellivision Amico, which is Intellivision Cornhole. Because Tommy Tallarico explained that uh, Cornhole and the American Cornhole League, the ACL, is the fastest-growing league uh, in the country at this point. And this is, you know, the game you have a beer with and throw uh, beanbags into the hole. And they Mm -hmm. showed plenty of footage of that one. This is the level that I just cannot look away from. They are partnering with Mattel for a Hot Wheels game. And then they had this big, <laughs> the centerpiece here was they're making a licensed Evil Knievel game for the Amico. And so it looks like Joe Danger. And then they got an interview with Tommy Tallarico where he's talking to the son of Evil Knievel about this video game. It is just the most surreal <laughs> thing, but I love that this, Company's going for something different, you know. John Knievel. That's right. <laughs> kind I, mean, of- I laughed when you when you said um, that it's like oh, there's a huge E3 press conference, which, but I I, I don't want to be too dismissive because like I actually am kind of interested in this thing. Like I in like buying play one. It. I don't. How did they, did they say how much it's going to be? Uh, yes. Let's see. Amico. Is it less than two hundred? I think it's around there. Uh, ooh, yeah. Well, you know, wait a minute. I'm looking at the original oh, yeah. television. That's different. <laughs> I was like, two fifty. That seems outrageous. Um, I don't know. We'll try and find it. Kyle. That's, kind of, that's kind of about where my line is. I think. Like, if it were above two hundred, I think it's probably a no. If it's under two hundred, I'm I'm considering it because I I'm curious about it. Like, it's it's a weird thing, you know. Like, I don't. It, there might be something there. I don't know. So, you know? I mean, are you interested as in like, oh, hey, I own one of these weirdo. Like, remember that time this thing came out, or is it like? Dude, I need to play the new Missile Command. I think it's I think it's like I want to play the exclusives. <laughs> like, Have you see seen them? Wait, are. so you said like, better exclusive than PS5. Is that what you're saying right now? It's a longer I'm live stream than the PS5 reveal one was. Hey, one more need to know. Uh, by the way, Kyle, uh, bad news. It looks like they're ballparking uh, 250 for the cost of the Intellivision Amico. But cornhole will be. It packed is packed in. in. So at that point, okay. what have you You're got to lose? Money. Now I do have actual cornhole boards. Uh-huh. Does that change my opinion? <laughs> <laughs> How often do you play them? Not often. And there we go. Um, but yes, the, the controller is just like this funky thing. It almost so it's like taking this dial from the original Intellivision. And then extending it, putting a touchscreen in there, a bunch of gyro stuff. And then it's just got two buttons, these huge buttons on either side. I've played with it. It is uh, surreal. Uh, it is a very, very strange controller to play with. It works enough, but it's funny. Like they had uh, highlight reel developers in the stream and they're like, this, there's one developer and he said, this is hands down the greatest controller ever. <laughs> It's like, Wait, so okay, yeah, just slow your roll. Do you hold bit. it? Is it like this? Like you hold it 
like that like and a then phone? turn the dial? You can do it a number of different ways, yeah. And then you press the button with your thumb? Yep, yep. Or you can hold it okay. sideways and then press the buttons on top. Look, we've talked too much about the Intellivision Amico, but just in terms of weird oddities in the game industry, Amico is near the top of that heap for me. Uh, so We're going to be talking here. about Cornhole next year. That's right. Uh, speaking of next that, year... That ACL will tear into us, for sure. <laughs> uh, they announced that it was going to be released on uh, October 10th, and they said, ah, because of the virus, much of other stuff, uh, we're now shooting for April 15th, 2021. So we got a little bit more to wait before we can play with the Intellivision Amico. Um, hey, Kyle. Yeah. Hey, Kyle. Um, you've been playing a game called Scully? Yeah. Yeah, I played it a little bit, yeah. How is it? It's um, it's a platformer. It's interesting. It's like you're the sort of the premise is like you're you crash land on this island, you die and crash land on this island, and this god wakes you up, but just your skull. And then he's like, <laughs> Hey, I need your help. My family of gods have all been arguing for like millennia. I need you to like help me with this. And then you help them by doing like platforming activities around this island. But the thing that I like about it is that because you're just a skull, you're like a little ball. Like the platforming can get really specific and it controls well. And because you're rolling, you can kind of like get a lot of momentum going. And like, so it feels different than like your average platformer because it's a lot faster. And, and because you're such a small character, like you can land on really small platforms and do like different things like that. So I, I was impressed with my initial playthrough. Like I, I, it left a good first impression and I was kind of, I'm, I'm, in, I'm honestly interested in the story. Like, it's like I didn't I didn't think that's what I was signing up for. I didn't know what to expect going in. It's like, oh, it's like a I'm I'm in the middle of a family of gods. <laughs> like that's kind of interesting, you know? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a good good first impression. I, I think it's kind of interesting. Control Is it like Marble Blast? Ooh, no, not really. I mean it's I, I would I just imagine like a, a 3D Mario platformer, but just the way the thing that you're controlling is just something that has a lot more momentum and a lot more specificity in where you can land. So you're not like Cause like in what like Marble Madness, like part of the sort of challenge of that game is like controlling the roll and using it to your advantage. But this feels closer to just like a standard platformer on that sort of uh, gradient. I guess. Okay. Say. Huh. Scully. So you're gonna stick with it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm playing it on Switch. Um, I'll, I'll keep going with it. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, Serial, you've been playing a game that came out this year. Yes, uh, earlier this year. Man, March, time think. is odd. Uh, Neo Two. Yeah. Why did you I, pick I, that I, up? Uh, I was looking for something. I don't know. Like it, um, it, I, it was on sale for one, and and it, so I figured, hey, why not? Uh, not that game frustration is, in your life. In yeah, it was like I was playing Ghost of Tsushima, and it's like I'm not cursing enough. Uh, <laughs> I need a, I need a game that was harder, and it just feels like, yeah, this game feels like if they just saw what Dark Souls was doing and said, what if that game had every system in it? What if we just had a billion layers to everything? Um, because like the, there are a ton of like really minor like at, at its core it is like a Dark Souls s game, but there are so many like of like well instead of this way that you thought was like core to the Dark Souls experience, we've done it this way. So it's level based instead of it being like an open world in that you're literally uh, I'm revisiting areas just for the sake of hey there's this weird thing going on in this area you were playing in before. Go kill another boss there. And it'll be like a it'll be like a ten minute mission if you can kill the boss quickly, right? Um, but for the most part, it's like, hey, you need to go to this new area and explore this area and kill a boss there. And that's like every mission ends with the boss. So there's a ton of bosses, and I've I'm, I've already repeated a couple of the bosses. Mm. Um, and so on top of that, like, the reason you're doing all this stuff is because that game just has a buttload of loot in it. It's just everything drops 
like five or six pieces of loot of different colors and they're not the the like the color kind of tiers are weird because it, it's like it, it's like white uh green blue and then gold and then purple so like you you have to retrain your senses of like oh gold is like the one you want gold is like the best tier um but it's like hey this this thing has like seven percent um anima charge rate or whatever and it's like all these like very disparate stats of like this is seven percent uh plus this versus this other piece is like 3.4 percent of this versus 1.9 percent of this versus just like hey this thing gives you like plus five strength so it's packed full of content and layers and all that stuff is it fun are you enjoying it I'm I'm enjoying it in the in the same way uh, that I enjoy Dark Souls game in that like in the moment when you're fighting a boss it feels like the game is complete garbage and then when you finally do it you're like oh this is the greatest game ever made uh, <laughs> but like even then it's like they just have all these additional layers to even combat where um, like in the first Neo you have to do these things called key pulses so after you finish an attack your character will eventually like glow and if you press the R button you get like a bunch of your stamina back. So that, that's, like, the way that you can be really aggressive. And demons drop these, like, they'll have special attacks where they drop these pits that kind of slow down your, your stamina. And you clear those with key pulses. So it's, like, you're constantly trying to fight for territory. Uh, and there's just, like, this really weird stagger system that I had to, like, look up to figure out. Because they tell you, hey, if an enemy, the enemies have stamina bars, like, in, like, Sekiro. Um, and when those falter, like, hey, you can grapple them. And so, like, if they run out of stamina, you can basically one-hit KO, uh, like most enemies. But bosses are different in that you can see their bar get, when their bar runs out, every time you attack them, they'll, like, stagger. So you can basically get a bunch of free attacks in if you know what you're doing. But in order to grapple them, there's, like, a basically, like, a, a hidden, like, second stamina meter where you have to deal enough damage while they have no stamina in order to grapple them. And so, like, you have to figure out, like, okay, how, how much can I push my luck in trying to get a bunch of damage in on this guy while he's already vulnerable before you can actually pull off an attack. And so, like, they'll do things where it's, like, the most bosses will have a thing where um, instead of spewing, like, a, a, a one small area of, like, the Dark World, which is, like, the thing that prevents your stamina from recovering, they'll just turn the entire room into one of those. And so, like, they'll phase shift. And so, like, there's all these different layers to it. You're, like, unlocking... Um, I don't know if anyone played, like, Borderlands 2, where you have, like, those passive kind of, like... one per You get, like, points that are besides experience points. You'll get, like, 1% to your key or whatever... And so you're, there's that on top of it. There's like a weird, um, you know, has the same leveling system from Dark Souls. You can infuse yourself with different uh, powers from the enemies you kill, sort of like a Castlevania kind of thing. So there's all these different layers to it. Um, but I don't, I don't know that it's better. It just feels like, <laughs> it feels like the exact opposite flavor of like, oh, you know, like some people like it when the idea is just like, you know, Sekiro is like, hey, you just have the skill set. Here's your limited thing. You have your sword. You know it really well. Right. Execute on this on these bosses' patterns. Whereas this feels like the exact opposite of that, where you can have like, I have like 18 different tools at my disposal that I found randomly throughout this world, and maybe I can exploit the boss in such a way that I can just launch these spears at this guy until he has like zero key and then just destroy him. So it feels like it's 100% more RPG than, than, than Dark Souls is. And so far, it feels harder because you have to keep all that stuff in your head at the same time while fighting a boss. So it's like anytime you lose to a boss role, there are like 12 different things you could have done differently. Um, so I'm enjoying it. I don't know how much I'll, I'll get into it because it is so ridiculously difficult. But yeah. um, I've, I've been playing it basically since I got it. So I wonder, I'm having fun with it. Oh, good. I, I wonder if there's going to be those people that you know, big from software fans that start to realize, I don't think Elden Ring is making it out this year. Uh, the silence is deafening on that one. And Jeff yeah. would argue that it's never coming out or ever. ever. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but I think there are going to be those people that are craving a new 
you know, Miyazaki like experience that maybe towards the end of this year will be like, oh, I should go back to that Neo too, huh? I feel like it didn't yeah, make I, too big of a splash. Yeah, it came out at a really, it came out, I think around, I don't think it was the same week, but it was pretty close to around the same time. Like there were games coming out, like Animal Crossing, uh, Doom right. Eternal, Persona uh, 5. And so I think the last time I checked, it was like $30 on Amazon. So this feels oh, like nice. a pretty good time to get to get into it. So yeah, if you, if you announce, like um, cursing at your screen, recommend it. I recommend Neo 2 for yelling at stuff. I was just going to say, they also they did announce Mortal Shell's release date, which is like That's true, yeah. not too far. It's like two weeks or something. So It's like August 18th, be, I think. Yeah, so maybe that'll be that game, you know? Yeah, that could be. Well, hey, Kyle, let's find out uh, when Mortal Shell's coming out and if it's going to be that game. Because what we have now is a very scientifically organized and arranged thing we like to call the 2020 release calendar six-shooter duels. Now, yeah. everybody knows. I don't think we need to explain the rules. I think we're good to yeah, go. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it was trending on Twitter earlier, so I, I think we're good to go. Everybody knows you can play whatever games you want, but what if you couldn't? What if you only had six shots and you had to make them count and you could only choose six games to play from this massive list of games that are coming out in 2020. Some with dates, some without dates, but the nebulous window of 2020 stuff. So we each have those six shots and I'll be running down the release calendar. And how do you, do you yell bang? Is that, is that going to be too traumatic? Do you yell your you name? You got to go like that, right? Into the camera. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bang. But for the podcast, I feel like if we ever get to a certain tier of Patreon, we should just all buy like pistol out like signal pistols or whatever. And just for next year, we spend big and make actual pitch, like half actual pistols that we shoot. Right. And Leo's neighbors in the apartment uh, will lose their minds. That'll be great. I'll shoot yeah. down to them. <laughs> uh, how would you say your name? So it's easier to tell who's saying what, right? So you buzz in yeah. when you are locked in and you would like to choose this game to play. Yeah, well, I've been I, wanting I to go like by Bang Vader, if that's cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. That works out fine. I was going to go by Bang Hansen, so I think it works. Can I, uh, mm. I Bang Vader as well? Is that okay? Or yeah, absolutely, sure, man. Can I just? <laughs> but then Leo gets to play your games. Can okay. I just be boom? Just one word, like share. Yeah. Okay, everybody. <laughs> uh, Jeff, do you have concerns about the rules of uh, release calendar six shooter? Well, yeah. You said we each have six shots, so you can only play six games but did you mention that we can't choose the same ones only one person can play each game that's right so it's up to you to argue why you should be the one that gets to play this game yeah and then everybody who's not in the duel everybody who hasn't fired a shot they get to vote on who gets the final say in playing that game so which is exactly how duels work i think so i think so uh it's part of the 10 rule commandments two songs about it in hamilton (laughs) that's right yeah so just heads up for everybody we're going through the games that have dates on them for 2020 then there's a second chunk of games which just say 2020 but there's no actual date on there so keep that in mind when we get to the end of the actual games with dates it's not the end of the game here. So what is that cutoff? Is it like two thirds have dates? Uh, it's about half and half. Okay. Okay. Ready to ballpark it? <laughs> As Do we it. always say in this segment, let's ballpark it. <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn comes to PC August seventh. Everybody, uh, this Friday. I'm, I'm excited to check that out. I haven't played the Frozen Wilds DLC. This seems like a good opportunity to do it. Are you banging on that one, Hanson? Did I say bang? (laughs) 
Well, then you can't say you're looking forward to playing it you're because right. you're not playing it. I guess I'm looking forward to the idea of playing that. Uh, August 11th, Hyperscape uh, is coming to consoles. Leo, I know you've been enjoying the Ubisoft Battle Royale on PC. I'll bang on that one. Really? On consoles? Wow. Really? Okay. You're uh, doing that. I went to play it like last night, and then I realized it was between being out. I thought it was out, and now it's like it's out for real on August 11th. So you're yeah, actually the open beta closed on like Friday or something. So there's it went, like yeah, it was Friday. like it went yeah from closed beta to public beta to closed to game. That's they say every game releases three times, you know. That's right, and only on the third time will you know it's for real. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, August 18th. Bang. I mean, me. <laughs> really? Absolutely. I am so curious about that thing. Seems like there was a you know, big round of previews. I, I, would, excited. I would give you I would give you competition for that one if it was coming out on console. Because I do think that's in that sounds like a very interesting game. Uh well boy do I have news for you, Jeff. Um, I mean they are making a console version of it, but I don't think it's coming out on that August eighteenth. Yeah. Which is why I'm not banging. Okay. To be clear. <laughs> Just because you don't own a PC? Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm close to banging, but I don't think I could. I could uh, outplay you. Thank you. I'm curious. I'm curious to see other people bang on this. You know, like just to see clips of it on Twitter. Like, hey, here's me launching from Detroit to like Chicago, and here, like, I want to see the videos and clips from this game and just, just right. seeing like either yeah. like wacky crashes of like I can't believe I messed this up so bad, or like here's just like two minutes of me properly landing this airplane. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm. Maybe this is, you know, a, a fool's errand, but I hope it's a little bit simplified. I hope there is that baby mode in the game. So, like, I just like flying planes in games. If I could do that in this chill simulator where they modeled the entire Earth, that sounds awesome. I would like to play that. Great. That's what real pilots do. Take off button, autopilot button, land button. Let us be a real yeah. pilot. Uh, yeah. August 18th on PC, Rogue Legacy 2. Oh, bang. Absolutely. Wow. There we go. Leo's second bang. Two shots down for Leo already. No duels. Uh, Rogue Legacy is an amazing game. I'm very excited for it. What do you like about it? Uh, I think it's just a great rogue light. Like, you can get through so much of it if you're good, or you can just be patient and level up enough that it's very easy to get through. (laughs) So, he kind of is a natural (laughs) difficulty curve that way that I think works really well and makes it fun. Yeah. Um, have they revealed much gameplay for Rogue Legacy 2? I know it's just been a teaser for a while. I haven't seen much. But it's just on that name alone. It, you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pure trust. Nice. Uh, speaking of pure trust when it comes to brands, August 20th, we'll see the release of Battletoads, everybody. <laughs> Kyle. Well, we all said it so loud it clipped out the mics and it didn't yeah. pick Yeah. <laughs> we all cut out audio at the same time. Kyle, <laughs> I know. I can feel in your heart of hearts you're curious about Battletoads. Uh. Yes, but unlike you and Flight Simulator, curiosity is not enough for me to pull a trigger. Okay, wow. <laughs> That's a good, wise lesson for life. Uh, a wise man once said. <laughs> August 25th, No Straight Roads. What is that? Now, this is the uh, action platformer that we played on the Great Goatee Hunt. I think it was just Jeff and I. The what? Mm. The what? You played on the what? The Great Goatee Hunt? Oh, okay. That's you've been running. Where, yes, it's all music themed. It's about toppling an EDM empire, I believe. You gotta save rock and roll from uh, EDM taking over your city. It's made, it's directed 
by the lead designer for Final Fantasy 15. Like after that project, Wait, that's, that's the plot of Trolls World Tour. <laughs> oh crap! I'm sorry. Did I mispronounce that? It is the Trolls World Tour video game. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy 15's lead designer Haas, uh, after he finished that project, he moved back to Malaysia. Uh, and his interesting story, we interviewed him on the GameFormer show, um, and he had the story of that Malaysia does a lot of outsourcing for other companies. Like, you know, from software needs assets, they'll be like, okay, Malaysian developers, can you help us out? And so he was really proud of the idea, like, hey, I'm going to try and build up a talented development team because there's a lot of development chops just from doing so much outsource work for the rest of the world. And then, so there's a lot of Malaysian pride in uh, No Straight Road. So I'm very curious about it. It does look cool. I don't There's a really think... good trailer out there for it. But will you bang? Oh, well, I... No. I've, uh, I'm not going to bang on that one. Only because we played uh, the demo for The Great Goaty Hunt, and everybody knows that that first boss is impossible. Um, That's right. So, yeah. Uh, all right. August 27th. Look alive, Leo Vader. Tom Clancy's Elite Squad on iOS and Android. <laughs> the return of Sam, Sam Fisher. Fisher. I went to draw my gun, but it flipped out of my holster and fell on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Uh, August 27th, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered is coming to PS4 and Switch, which I've always wanted to try that game. This is the time to do it, but I think there's going to be a couple other things to play, so I will, I will keep my gun in the holster for this one. Although I know that uh, Charles, friend of the show, uh, from the deepest dive on The Last of Us Part Two, is screaming right now about how excited he is for this remaster uh and hansen i assume you're taking you're taking notes on who gets what game yep Yep. okay great couldn't hurt if you wanted to write down yourself though uh august 28th madden nfl 21 Uh, august 28th or 28th as well uh project cars 3 also august 28th wasteland 3 i'm oh i didn't know that wasteland 3 was coming out on ps4 because uh, it's in exile, who's owned by Microsoft at this point. Is that right, Leo? Oh, I don't know. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm curious to see how that thing does overall. Now, here we go, Leo. Are you ready? You got finger in the pocket. However you get ready to draw a gun. On September 1st, Hitman comes to Stadia. <laughs> <laughs> and he sits quietly back down. <laughs> Could I interest- I'll let you live. <laughs> Could I interest you in Hitman yeah, Two work. coming to Stadia? Okay, now you have attention. No, it's Hitman Two. Okay, anyways, uh, September first. Also, uh, a game coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Iron Harvest, which is an RTS set in like an alternate version of the 1920s. I don't know about that console version, but I'm happy a new RTS is coming out in 2020, and I would like to take a look at it, but obviously from a distance because I can't seal that deal. Uh, September fourth. <laughs> Marvel's Avengers. One of the biggest games so far <laughs> for this year. Is Highest anticipated. Are, are any of us Real, I'll, 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 I'll bang it. I'll, really? Yeah. There we go. I, I'm more curious than any. I, I'm so curious about what that game is because I, I still, after all of their streams and all of their like preview stuff, it just, I don't know what that game is. I don't know how that game is structured. I don't know how they're... Um, planning to like deliver both on the promise of like, oh, this is the Avenger, like the high budget Avengers game you wanted, and and also it's a Destiny. Uh, so I, it's more out of like, I just want to know what this game is more than like, I can't wait to play as all my favorite Avengers and get you know the the plasma gauntlets or whatever from Iron Man that'll be 
you know, 26 power gear versus 25. Like, I don't know that that I'm crazy excited about that part, but yeah, I need to know what the game is. I hear using you. a bullet what, uh, to take a bullet. That's right. What a platform. Oh gosh, that's a good point. Cause I, I was like a hundred percent just like, I'm going to play on PC, but you know, Spider-Man's a PS4 exclusive. So gosh, I don't I'll know. I, 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 I don't know. I guess I'll have to go. P- like, if they have a PS5 upgrade, I would love that, so I could just play with a better frame rate and stuff. But yeah, well, it is I, it is coming to PS5, but I don't think it's like smart like a free delivery, upgrade, right? right? So, does, how does yeah. smart deliver? How does this game account for smart delivery? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, if I you already banged were, it, serial. Don't worry about okay, it. Okay, well, okay. If I I'll worry about to the bang phone. on it. Spider Man. I think maybe we'll talk about this more in, in questions, Hanson. But like, Spider Man's enough for me to like make that decision. Really? You know, like, I would go PlayStation yeah. just to have Spider-Man. Yeah. By the way, it is a free upgrade to PS5. So everybody's screaming. Oh, good. Uh, mm-hmm. You should be satiated. Uh, there are a bunch of previews that just went out. Uh, we didn't get a chance to play it. There's going to be, if you pre-ordered the game, I think you get to play it uh, this coming weekend. And then the following weekend, I think, is going to be a public beta. But it seems like, you know how you're confused about what that game is, Serial? It seems like people who got to play it for several hours are still a little bit in that camp of, what yeah. a weird structure. What is this thing? Uh, very curious to see how it does. Um, September 4th, NBA 2K21. Dunk! (laughs) Also, September 4th, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Yeah, bang on that one. We got a bang from Leo. Is anybody else interested? Come on, try it. I'm, I'm border, I'm like borderline. I'll I'll throw a bang out there. Yeah. But like, I think Leo's winning this duel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There are only a few games I've ascribed my identity to. So <laughs> I think there are a lot of assumed victories that might happen. And here. I just like that Goldfinger song. So, like, I don't know if that's enough. <laughs> Leo. Well, you, you can also listen to that song on Spotify, Kyle. Yeah. Oh, you can. Oh, okay. I'm there good then. <laughs> it's that odd thing, Leo, where you are a bit of a thug man, a bit of a Tony Hawk underground man. Uh, Thank do you. you go back to those original games? Are you fond of one and two, or is that just some prehistoric era for you? Definitely. I mean, I like three and four both more. Like, yeah, if, if they like release those as remakes, I would be more excited about that. But, I mean, 2 is an absolute classic. If they hadn't made any more, it'd be my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, uh, I think, I mean, they're also, like, back-adding a bunch of lift features from 3 and 4 when it comes to gameplay into the first ones, right? So it's not like a total, like, hey, this is, we're honoring the legend of the first two games by not having, you know, manual reverts or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the big innovation for four to me was always that like you didn't have to leave the level, you know, like that always bummed me out that you'd have to leave every two minutes. Like that was why four had always been my favorite, you know, just because you could just sort of skate around and talk to whoever to start the missions and stuff like that, which that element's not going to be in the remake, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, September 8th, Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning. The big remaster of Kingdoms of Amalur. Okay. That was a good game. Yeah. I'm not going to play it again, though, probably. I think that's fair. It'll well, get DLC at some point, which is weird. Oh, yeah. Uh, what about September 18th, WWE 2K Battlegrounds? The, the cute arcade one? The cute arcade one. Uh, can I reach over and pull Serial's trigger just so he has to take that one? Uh, no. Yeah. If I hear a Why? bang, I hear a bang. No, I'm bang. muting myself. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're shooting yourself after seeing the trailer for WWE 2K Battlegrounds. I understand. Uh, September 25th, the Mafia Definitive Edition, the remaster of Mafia I'll ba- 1. I'll bang on that. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. I I like Mafia 2 more than I think most people in that. I, I really appreciate it. It's like, I think it was... Like it was Okay. Then 
fired. I'm do it then. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just trying to support your argument. I think yeah, Mafia Two no. is a cool game. I like that game. No, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people lamb- like you know appropriately like kind of lambasted it for being an open world game without a lot of stuff like open world stuff in it. And I totally get that. But as like someone who just said, I'm just going to do the main missions. I felt it was a better game for that than it was as an open world game. So I'm kind of curious to go back to the, to the first game and see, you know, like what, what is it about this game that spawned, you know, like a bunch of sequels. Like I've never played and heard a lot. Like you don't hear a lot about the original mafia other than like when the new games come out, PC crowd. Here's my tweet about my history with mafia is like how I hear about mafia. Mostly when people talk about the game. So like, I'm curious to see like, what is it about this first game that people really liked? Yeah, and this is getting a more of a remake treatment. It's not just a remaster. It seems like they're rebuilding right. a lot from the ground up, which is cool to see. Yeah, I, I think Mafia Two is like a remaster, or where yeah. they're just like, "Hey, we're updating all the assets," and and Mafia Three is basically like, "Hey, it's available in a definitive edition versus any actual work put into." Well, yeah. like not that they didn't put work into, but like it's not an overhaul. Right. Right. Uh, hey, you know what happens on October second? That's about time, ladies and gentlemen. Crash Bandicoot 4! Woo! Bang, 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 bang! Bang, bang, bang! I, so That's you just fired all of your shots? Oh, <laughs> crap! <laughs> no, I shot You're it, out, and then I went and I found the bullet, and I loaded it back in, so I did. I just oh. reused it. Oh, okay. Um, okay. See now, now remembering your cadence of the bangs, I okay. I totally see how that fits. <laughs> it was edited. I mean, uh, that, that that's yeah. on my like potential list that I put together. Like, okay. I, I want to play that, but bang on a coward. I'm not gonna fire off my gun though. Thank you. Uh, I am really excited about this game. You know, I enjoyed playing the remaster of Crash One Two Three, and if it's just a pretty conservative new Crash Bandicoot game that I can listen to podcasts and play through. That sounds that sounds delightful. What about Crash's quips? I'm all it for every quip. Usually they <laughs> give a little heads up when I know that a hot quip is on its way. Okay, uh, Nate, the, recite a Bandicoot quip. Oh, <laughs> no, that's good. <Scooby-Doo. laughs> that classic line. Oh crap. Uh, okay, what about October second? Star Wars Squadrons. Oh, mm, I'll bang that one, Leo. You're, I want to bang that on one. This is taking a turn. That you know, I don't that mean one. that. Every time I say it, I regret it. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> how many of you? How many of you banged so far, Leo? This would be my fourth. This would oh, be good Leo's Lord. fourth bang and first one in the Star Wars franchise. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're not a big Star Wars guy in general, right? I mean, yeah, I'm really excited for the VR in this one. VR yeah. multiplayer with my VR crew that has been getting together like every other week to play VR chat in quarantine. I would love for us to have a team like tactical coordinating multiplayer thing to do in vr and honestly That's really exciting to me be honest leo raise your right hand will you play a round of Wars squadrons where you just come up with code names for everybody so it's like red five red three and you're actually role playing this round absolutely that sounds so fun yeah well, i can't compete with that <laughs> i'm sorry jeff and we're Giving Leo, uh, give it to Leo, the honor of Star Wars Squadrons, October second. I, yeah, I, did you play that Battlefront VR mission? Because in the first Battlefront, they had one X-wing like little campaign that was all in VR. It was surprisingly no, cool. I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, it was it was a neat thing. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm worried it's going to make me very nauseated as I play it. But I think that gameplay looked a lot cooler than I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, October thirtieth. Oh, hang on. We're not quite there yet. 
uh, save that. No, you're not. Uh, October 23rd. Here we go, Leo. Edge of your seat. Transformers Battlegrounds. <laughs> oh, I don't even know what genre it, that is yet. Do is that in the same genre as the WW2K uh, Battlegrounds? Is that in the Battlegrounds it's, genre? It's, it's the shared Battlegrounds universe. Yes. <laughs> right. uh, also oh, with Player PS5 Unknown? Game. Yep. <laughs> Player Unknown is the god. Uh, also, October 29th, Watch Dogs Legion. Bang. No one can dethrone you on Watch Dogs Legion, Leo. No. No. Oh my god. It's all yours, baby. It is the only thing I really want to play that going. game, but sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you're worried about, Leo, with uh Watch Dogs Legion? Is it just do you feel like you know what you're getting at this point and you're all on board? Mostly. I mean, the concern is that after ten hours I will have seen every configuration of person. Like every right. every possible character that game can generate. That's my only concern. As far as like whether the story's good, I don't really care. It's about the the emergent stories that'll be happening. Yeah, yeah. And co-op is still a big question mark right now. But I mean, if it's like it was in Watch Dogs 2, where it's like free roam with some specific co-op missions, except you can all be any NPC from your from your legion. Yeah, I'm all in. Awesome. Uh, October 30th, Dark Pictures uh, anthology, Little Hope. It's like, on my list. I was kind of disappointed by the first Dark Pictures. Man, man of Medan man. didn't really do much for me. But the sort of setting of Little Hope looks a little more interesting. And what is the setting? It's like a small town. Kind of like you find this like town off the sort of the beaten path. Like you're sort of, you get stuck in this like little town. It just looks creepier. I don't know. This, being on a boat in the middle of the ocean, I don't know why. I just was like totally uninterested in being there. I, I, it's such a weird <laughs> thing. I don't know why. I'd rather be at my house. <laughs> I, I think it's just because it was like too separate from the world or something. I don't know. I like I, when it comes to horror games, like even Until Dawn, I like the idea that it's like there's some weird stuff happening here, like not too far from society, but like a boat in the middle of the ocean. It's like... <laughs> No, I also feel like, like a, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. It's so weird. It's harder to relate in the in the like, oh, this could happen to me sense when it's like I would. N- I'm not going to be caught dead out in the ocean. So like, I'm I have nothing to be f- uh, afraid of. Yeah, that might be it. I don't know. Even like Resident Evil Revelations, not your cup of tea. I do like it, but uh, I like know, the sequel on land in better. Later questions later. Oh, interesting, guy. As a game that took me way too long to get through. <laughs> there we go. Uh, also, October thirtieth. Pikmin 3 Deluxe just announced a uh, new version what? of Pikmin 3 uh, yeah. coming to the Nintendo Switch. I have it on I have it on Wii U, so I I, I recuse myself of banging. Yeah, I already I already played it. So <laughs> yeah, I haven't finished it. God, how many of these are left? Leo or Jeff, what are you saving yours for? Leo's uh, has one shot left, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Once Leo's I, out of shots, maybe I'll get one. <laughs> We have too we have too much crossover, but Leo loves every game so much that I can't take that joy away from him. Right? Aww. Okay. I can't break Leo. All right. Well, Jeff, um, I mean, if you want a free shot, you should check out November sixth, Paw Patrol, Mighty Pup Save Adventure Bay, coming to PS4, Xbox, and Switch and PC. Spoilers. Now, does it, does it come with I a dog? Heard from the White House that Paw Patrol had been canceled. Uh, it has not been canceled, Kyle. Okay, that is good. Correct. <laughs> Oh, wait, though, they were making things up, you're saying, during that All White right, House? All right, buddy. Uh, <laughs> let's move so on. I didn't boxed. expect this to get political. Uh, November 10th, Destiny 2 Beyond Light. Isn't that the 11th? 
uh, by the way, thanks to Game Informer for compiling uh, this list. <laughs> that November I'm 10th. From. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I will, I will, Suriel, uh, bang. I think that's the one proper use of it, because I think we were supposed to say our names, but we've all just been saying, I, I guess, I suppose, I will bang. I think we've just all been saying Leo's name for him, just because we know his. <laughs> right. Suriel, uh, it mm-hmm. scared me, chilled me to my core. When you took your time before you yelled "bang" slash your name for Destiny Two Beyond Light, is that I mean, represent of anything? Are, what are you guys gonna do? Like, you guys aren't gonna play this. I was like, laxity. I'm like, I was already on. I could get used to this mode. No, yeah. this is 100. <laughs> this is like 100 going to be my PS5 launch game that I will play for the rest of the year because that that is the thing I'm the number one thing I'm excited for this year is Destiny Two with better load times and frame rate. Okay, there like, we go. Like they have new ice powers that let you build platforms that will probably break some encounters in these really fun ways. That sounds so. great. That sounds great. Uh, November tenth, the remake of Thirteen's coming out. That old David Duchovny joint. Oh, David Duchovny's in that. That's funny. Yeah, the director, right? That's right. The developer, uh-huh. programmer. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Area Fifty One. He was like going really hard on video games for a minute there. A certain, <laughs> certain style. And uh, now Scully, right? That's right. Is he in Skull? Skull? <laughs> uh, November 13th. Right, Leo. <laughs> we're, we're picking up what you're putting down. November 13th, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uriel. Ben. Oh. You're not taking that from Surreal. Like hell I'm not. I actually, Surreal, how many... I, that seems like way more Hanson's jam in terms of being turn-based and stuff like that like compared to other Yakuza games. I've also played all the other ones, and I'm really excited because of that RPG combat. Like they, I wasn't like a huge like, I didn't hate it, but I didn't also didn't like the brawl, like the kind of brawler gameplay because that got really old, and all the bosses were like, "What if you actually had to pay attention during this gameplay?" And right, it, and it wouldn't usually wouldn't turn out super well. But like, I I love everything they're doing. Like they're just replacing Kiryu as just kind of letting him kind of have his story, and then making this uh, this like kind of protagonist be super nerdy. And, you know, tying in the combat to that and, like, the summons that come from your phone, uh, all that stuff is, is like, I'm more on board than I think a lot of people are who were maybe disappointed that, oh, I don't know about the JRPG combat or whatever. It takes place in a new city for once because, like, you know, Kamarocho was, like, a really cool location that you got to know. But, you know, moving it to another city is, is like, a pretty uh, major decision for that series. So I, I'm really excited I don't want to, I don't know, point fingers, sir, or anything, but uh, I believe... At the start of the year, we had our top five most anticipated games of 2020. Yakuza Like a Dragon was on there for me, and I don't believe it was on there for you. Well, I'm pretty sure it was. Exactly my point. I don't recall if it was on there for <laughs> also, you. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was on. Really I'm pretty sure it was like... Dragon Quest references. I mean, that's true. Over your head. I have. I can't Quest imagine they'll be that obscure. <laughs> <laughs> they're all, I'll see a slime. It's like that's Dragon Quest. I don't think they're going to be like. Uh, as someone who watched the Dragon Quest Five film this year along with Kyle, I feel like I'm going to pick up on a lot more than you. Are. I also watched that movie though. Dang it! That's right. <laughs> Hanson's raising a great, great question. Is it okay to lie in your arguments? Serial. <laughs> <laughs> I have a like a dragon tattoo on my back right now. <laughs> I need to play this Show game. I told you where my like a dragon tattoo uh, tattoo was. We would have to censor this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like I'm raring to go. I've dabbled with Yakuza 0 and 6. 
I've wanted to like the series. I feel like this is the entry point. I'm coming in fresh. You're winded. You've played Yakuza games. You're breathing heavy on the side of the road. I am getting out of my car. I'm stretching and I'm looking the series in the face and saying, it's my time to shine. I have, I have played all of uh, all of the games since zero, and I I have pretty, basically loved all of them. Like the only one that I didn't super fall in love with was Judgment, and that felt like this feels like what Judgment should have been. Is like hey, let's take a new approach to this series. Let's totally just like up in a lot of what people ex- have come to expect from this series. And like I, if we're gonna talk about it on this show, I feel like I would be better prepared to talk about it. Ooh, okay. I think mm. we said all we can, uh, Leo, and we'll go down the line. Here. Everybody who's not, everybody who's not in the bang off, uh, Leo. Who do you, who would you give it to? Uh, I'm conflicted. I think Serial made a great argument, but I want to give it to the less uh, experienced Yakuza player because I am most curious if it will win over new players. So Hanson, Jeffum, do Kyle first. Kyle, oh, I don't want to go. Are you just going to be the, like the tiebreaker? Are you just like, I don't know, whoever's you know winning, okay, I don't know. So, Serial, I'm going to go Serial because he's the long term fan who's invested. You're not invested, Hanson. That could be. You're just going <laughs> to dabble. You might not even stick it out to the end. You might just how be like, eh, I don't know, it's not for me. Dare Cyril, you. you don't know how I play games, game. Kyle. I'm a committed man when it comes to every <laughs> game I start. <laughs> Yeah, he. Someone who's finished that stranding would know. <laughs> Jeffum, who are you giving it to? This is the kind of power I wanted. <laughs> Sick <laughs> f. This is like the equivalent of right, pressing one dollar right into my hand. Um, since it's a tie, I'm just going to take it for myself. How about that? <laughs> no. Wait, now they have to re-argue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Serial uh, uh, has never made a joke about me not finishing Red Dead, so he gets it. What? Never? What? Take the arguments on the never actual done beats. It. Not some. Hey, I'm the judge, dude. Oh, this is a <laughs> what? This is a kangaroo court if I've ever seen one. <laughs> All right, Serial. Oh, Jeffum's blatant I, I think the, disrespect I think the for the made game. a great decision. I think I, I, res- I, I respect it. I'm glad that justice was carried out today. I'm very happy with the result that I got today. Uh, thanks, everybody, for, gonna, who supported me. I'm going to light myself on fire outside the courthouse. <laughs> uh, all right, November 17th, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Bang! Kyle, bang! I'll, bang I'll Kyle. also bang. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See, there's the buzzer aspect that doesn't matter is the thing. It's like no one, like how fast you bang does it has nothing to do with the game. It factors in my judgment at the end. For who I oh, oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I like you'd be buzzing in as quickly as possible and Jeff, I'm just kind of walking up and being like, <laughs> you're honoring me first. You're honoring me first. Uh, Jeff, um, why are you looking forward to Assassin's Creed Valhalla and why would you like to deprive Kyle of the experience of playing it? Yeah. Um, I don't have any other games yet that I'm excited for, and I. <laughs> this is a compelling case. This I like Assassin's Creed. <laughs> the court will find uh, in hey, favor of the item. I haven't banged a single game. You haven't? No. Oh. Hey, mm. uh, <laughs> Kyle. How about you? You give me this one, and I'll give you Halo Infinite. He wouldn't be able to argue his way for I, Halo Infinite. Yeah, I think. Uh, no, well, here, I, I guess I, my case is I used to really like Assassin's Creed, played the first four. I haven't, every single one starting with Black Flag has like, I've fallen off of after like an hour or two. But like Ghost of Tsushima really lit this weird fire under me where I want to play more open world after having stepped away from Assassin's Creed for so long, I'm excited to get back to it with Valhalla. Yeah, and Jeff, um, you just uh, need something to play? 
Uh, no, I've played every single Assassin's Creed 2, um, but have also fallen off of them. But I've played more of each one than Kyle did, and that's why I'm so excited to play this one now. This series more often. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? Closing arguments? God. Yes, and also you you guys are going to give Kyle Halo anyway when I bang against him on that one. So please, <laughs> show me some mercy here. We can't make assumptions about the future based right. on this single encounter. With this duel, we live in the moment. Um, boy. Jeff, I'm, I mean, I just wish you wouldn't have, wouldn't have banged me out of Yakuza like that. I don't know what a, what a judge is to do <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> well, I had to put one of you in my pocket, so I got the cereal vote, obviously. Uh, hang on, this is dirty. Cereal. Uh, so maybe it's, it comes down to Leo, I guess. Well, assuming I, what you guys are going to vote. I guess I, I think, should make a vote. I think I will go on the track record of Kyle getting through Ghost so quickly this year. Clearly, he has the appetite for playing an open world game. Uh, Jeffum has been acting like he's been full on open world games uh, since, you know, 2018, I'd argue, when a great open world came out. And he said, oh, no room for me, please. So I will, I will <laughs> deign this. My vote goes to Kyle. Leo, where are you at? You and Jeff are in a real revenge cycle with this Redemption <laughs> 2 thing. Uh, I found Kyle's argument more persuasive. Oh, Give it to Kyle. And then, oh. Suriel, it don't matter, but you should still say it. Sure. I mean, I... I, you know, like, uh, Kyle makes a lot of compelling points, but uh, I think at, th- at this point in the uh, election cycle, I think uh, my, my delegates are already uh, accounted for, and I will have to give them to uh, 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 Jeffrey Mark, your father. But it doesn't matter. Kyle, congratulations. (laughs) You got Assassin's Creed Valhalla. No Uh, hard feelings. Uh, This is just the way it goes. I did like, obviously the votes didn't count. So I just, you know, I figured I. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not counting that for your clutch vote for me, Serial. You're going to have to. (laughs) That's not what we agreed to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, November 17th, uh, an indie RPG comes out called Chris Tales. I will, I will bang for that one. I'll uh, yell my name out. Uh, Chris, as we talked about it on the podcast um, a couple weeks ago, I forget exactly when that was. Uh, There's a free demo on Steam. There was a free demo on Xbox as well. It is very Paper Mario inspired. The art is incredibly beautiful. It plays with time where it's actually splitting the screen and you can see the past, present, and future. And then as you walk, it transitions between those three. Uh, I think it's a really, really great look. I'm looking forward to playing it on Switch as well. Like, you know, this year between Chris Tales and then bug fables which is another paper mario uh clone say that with affection that came out on pc last year um i started it and it seemed cool um also came to switch this year um it seems like a good year for paper mario style rpgs on the switch so uh i'm really looking forward to this one it also the style is is great and the combat ui reminds me of persona so if you love that very specific <laughs> thing about persona you can check it out in chris tales so yeah i'm locked in for that one um let's see where are we at how, how many shots does everybody have left I have five. Kyle has five. Yeah, I think Eight. I've only hit three. So I'm at I three shots games. left. Okay, so one shot left for Leo. Mm-hmm. Don't throw it away. That's right. Uh, Jeff, where are you sitting? I have all my bullets because you guys won't give me any games. <laughs> Great. Uh, and Serial? I think I have two. Uh, th- you do have two left. Yes, Serial. Okay. Yes, Serial, correct. Uh, I feel like I'm missing one. Okay, I guess I only have three. Here we go. Uh, November 19th. This is this is one of the biggest, busiest, biggest 
weeks of the year, probably the week that a console's dropping. I would guess Xbox out of the blue. Um, Cyberpunk 2077. I'm going to bang on that one, obviously. It's, I think, interesting that probably the most anticipated game of the year and no one else is jumping in that fray? Well, I'm strategically not banging on this one. Okay. Uh, Due to prior commitments that have been made uh, outside of this venue. <laughs> oh, I see how it goes. Uh, Jeff, are you really looking forward to, to Cyberpunk? Yeah, I, I think that's probably my most anticipated left game for this year. Yeah. Of what is left this year. Yeah. I forget. Are you a Deus Ex guy? Uh, some. But. I, I mean, I really like the kind of cyberpunk future city aesthetic not necessarily because of deus ex specifically yeah but gameplay wise that kind of cross between immersive sim but also super deep rpg that cd project red is known for seems really appealing to me yeah it's it's also one that i have absolutely no idea how it's going to turn out and if it can live up to you know what everyone's hoping it's going to be but yeah, it, it's hard to like kind of see where that game is going to shine because I think like I don't think a lot of people had like huge expectations out of Witcher 3. And I think what like the stuff about the Witcher 3 that I love was, you know, the writing and how well they were able to execute on all of their uh, like one off premises for for quests and stuff. And that's not something you can super uh, you can get a, a very good idea on during like preview stuff where they kind of just show you the one quest. It was both the amount and the quality of the writing that was throughout that entire game that I think is what made it, you know, the, like the breakout hit that it was. So it's hard to know what it, that game is, how, how that game is going to live up to that specific part. Of yeah. It. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, this is so anecdotal, but I'm just fascinated by how huge of an audience this game potentially has, you know, like my, uh, my girlfriend's little brother was just like, Oh my God, I cannot wait for cyberpunk. I'm like, Oh yeah, you're a big Witcher fan. He's like, no, no, but CD Projekt Red is the best. Like, it's just like common internet <laughs> wisdom, you know? They're just like, yeah. this, this is the great team and they're releasing this huge game. And now with that added bonus of probably launching around the time of the new consoles, like having this huge game to experience a new console with is going to be really cool. Yeah, I, th- I think mm-hmm. it like that also speaks to how successful, like how much of a breakout hit that Witcher 3 was. Because it's, you know, CD Projekt Red had been making Witchers up until then, right? And, yeah. But like the fact that they've gone from like Witcher 3 was just like, okay, they're making their game open world too. Uh, so I guess we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. But like, you know, these guys have secretly made some great games to where now Cyberpunk is at like the highest possible tier of video game release at this point up there with like stuff like The Last of Us and, and you know, like a, a lot of like the Sony first party stuff. I think it's passing the Avengers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, right. It's just wild. Yeah, and yet, and yet still so crazy different for them in terms of just what the core gameplay is going to look like as, you know, compared to sword right. play, you know, fantasy right. style stuff. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that I, is... I guess, I guess my, my also not knowing about it is part of why I'm so excited to check it out as well. Yeah. Well, hey. It's not I, a slam I'm kind dunk. of intimidated by it. Like, it's one of the reasons I don't put my hand up is because it just seems so complicated and big that i'm just kind of scared of it you know and you earlier said you weren't looking for like large open world games to explore <laughs> yeah no, that's, that's no. <laughs> i want to hit stuff with, with action and swords uh hey after that we have a december release ambiguous december of outriders the upcoming game uh, uh from people can fly 
uh square enix publishing this one yes leo yeah it looks pretty good not for my last bullet but it'll be fun it's a lot like remnant but with crazier powers remnant from the ashes oh really oh i haven't heard that comparison before that's interesting um three-player co-op is the big pitch here i was fascinated by i think it was last year or sorry last week uh people can fly (laughs) made that odd announcement where they just had a tweet or statement about hey we're making a another next gen game and i think they were hiring for it but it's always that odd thing of like huh like before outriders is released they're already promoting their next game should i be worried about that or is it just a necessity of they needed to hire people for this new studio well, it's, it was part of the pitch for Outriders when we went on the cover trip for Game Informer was like, this is a contained experience. Like, we'll support it, but it's not going to be a last-your-whole-life game. Like, it's going to be 40 hours out of the box that you won't feel pressure to pay anything else for. Oh, really? Because I think, yeah, just that co-op angle, I think it kind of implies it's going to be more of a living game experience, but not so much. I think it's a bit more story-based than maybe people are expecting. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, that actually makes me more interested. Oh, Taking the gun out of your holster, interested? No. Okay. Uh, also, you're going to need to have bullets left over, pal. <laughs> well, I, I've got I've got my list here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> also, in December, ambiguous December. Oh, so sweet, ambiguous December is the medium, hmm. which is the horror game uh, from the Bloober team. I'll bang that one. There we go. This is the one where you're shifting between uh, different dimensions. Seems Silent Hill inspired. They have Silent Hill's composer uh, working on it. Jeffum. Are you a big horror guy? Why are you looking forward to this one? Yeah, I always I like horror games. I've I've just never been as big on the Resident Evil series, although I just played two and three. But yeah, and Dead Space was too scary for me. But I I have always enjoyed the horror series. I especially liked Silent Hill two, and that kind of switching between dual world puzzle stuff all sounded cool so. yeah it's a cool pitch it'll be fun to see on the series x there uh all right now we're getting into uh mysterious ambiguous 2020 mm-hmm. things that are set for 2020 but without anything You're just now in. getting into it i feel like yep. you've been in it the whole time <laughs> well <laughs> mysterious no. and ambiguous 2020 i think is a pretty good descriptor all right here we go so still planned for 2020 is 12 minutes Oh, this is the game the time about loop. the time loop. We're in an apartment, I believe, with your wife. The cops are barging down the door. You're replaying it again and again. It seems very interesting. It's coming out on Xbox and PC. Hold on, Leo. You okay there? Leo, <laughs> you got one shot, kid. I know. I don't know what else is going to be on this list. And I've only got one shot left. And I think that if, does look really interesting. I'm kind of bored. If I hadn't used, I think I'm regretting my mafia shot now because I think I have two, two or three other games that I think looking at a list of unreleased games this year that I probably should have saved my bullets uh-huh. for. Interesting. Okay. I'll, ugh, I'm interested in this one too. I don't know if I'm going to pull that trigger. Can't do it. I will. Okay. No, like insofar as this is all like a, a way to us, to, for us to talk about upcoming games. I think that game does look really rad. Yeah. I think that game looks really interesting. And I, I like the idea of like, here's this very hyper condensed scenario where we've basically iterated on how many permutations you can get out of this one scenario versus like, Oh, we have a sprawling world that you can like do the same thing over and over again. And yeah. I like them kind of inverting that dynamic. For you sure. know what? Bang. I'm shooting it. I'd uh-huh. like to play 12 minutes. Let's lock this sucker in. I'm coming for you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Airborne Kingdom, 
uh, is due out this year as well. This is from former Visceral developers. I have a feeling if you want to learn more about the game, you can stay tuned for an interview from MinMax uh, early next week, which is a very, very, very interesting interview. So please enjoy that. Uh, but Airborne Kingdom, it is a city-building sim with a heavy exploration focus, uh, and they're flying cities. I don't know if you've seen this, Jeff, but it's a very cool look. It's a little mortal engine, the Peter Jackson thing, which is like this convoluted, huge flying city that you're expanding and there's RPG quests and stuff like that. It looks very cool. But, okay, mm. that's fine. That's um, so cool. Also, still planning on releasing in 2020. This is, compiling this list just made me realize how many big things Nintendo has not locked in yet. It, sh- it almost feels like there should have been Nintendo Direct by now, and it's just missing. Uh, I mean, they can just tweet out announcements. That's also good. That right? also they works. They just tweet out I mean, the, Pikmin, the Pikmin 3 release date. for them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have Axiom Verge 2 coming Dang out on Kyle. Switch. There's Kyle. All right. Uh, this is the uh, Metroidvania game um, that... Was it snow? Was that like the big difference here for the second one? Or what stood out, stands out for you so far for what they've shown? I think they also have like a graphical update. Like it just looks like a more modern game versus the original, which uh, was like very close to Metroid or uh, Super yeah. Metroid in terms of look. And snow. It's, it's weird for me. Like was I, I didn't beat or play much of the original Axiom Verge. It's one that's what? like always on my, yeah, it's on my backlog. I like, I bought it when it was on sale on switch even recently as another like intention to like, I'm going to play this cause I know I would like it. But this to me, the sequel coming out feels like a way that I can just like play the new hot Axiom Verge that everyone is excited about and not lose momentum because I am stupid and have a problem playing old games. So like, I'm just, in a weird way, like this is like my chance to jump into the Axiom Verge universe that I'm really excited about. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think Axiom Verge is probably like my favorite, like Metroidvania esque game in terms of like games that riff on the originals. Uh, yeah, because so, I think they. I mean, they're they're both the most. It's both the most dedicated to like. No, this is not like a Metroidvania game. This is like a Metroid game. This is another Metroid game, and they did like some really like interesting things with that premise uh, in terms of like here's the way we've hidden our secrets uh, based on the knowledge of what you know about video games. Like there, there are things yeah. that it's like, oh, you have to glitch through this area with using a glitch gun because you can kind of make out like, oh, that's the fact that this tile looks like this is a, a thing I only know from playing video games. And they exploit kind of that knowledge to hide some of the secrets, which is really cool. Yeah. Joe always give it to Sir and I still haven't. I didn't even bank for it. <laughs> Wow. Hey, sorry. Uh, I'm alone, right? Did anyone else? You're alone, man. Take it. Axiom Verge 2 is yours. Uh, Coming out on PlayStation 4 and PC, they say in 2020, Babylon's Fall, which is the Platinum Square RPG that we have not heard about in quite a while. Uh, I am very skeptical that this is hitting 2020. That that game's not coming out this year. I would not think so. Uh, You shoot, you'll miss. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And this is ambiguous. But they say August, loose August, Baldur's Gate 3 coming out on Stadia and PC. Early access out of the gate for Baldur's Gate 3. Huge, huge franchise. Oh, Leo, yeah, did you check out Divinity Original Sin 2? Anything else from the developer? Yeah, uh, just Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2 is all I've really played from them. But from everything I've seen in Baldur's Gate 3, it's kind of like that middle ground between those top-down CRPGs and like... A dragon agey you know 
point of view right uh, cutscene style conversations and things it's like a little more bigger budget i guess i would say yeah i'm trying to think of where that fits in your taste because you love systems you love you know tiny details and it seems like that's what those games are but then i don't see you as a much more kind of a western rpg guy but is that also in your wheelhouse a little bit yeah and the the dungeons and dragonsness of it you know the sheer amount of things you can do and the specific characters that can do specific things that you wouldn't expect to necessarily be able to do in a video game that's always interesting but i mean i've never beaten one of those games it's not my favorite i'm just always curious to dabble sure and you're not shooting I'm not shooting. Oof. I don't know what I'm saving this last bullet for, but I think I'll know when I see it. <laughs> All right, Leo. I think you might want to shoot. Uh, <laughs> moving on slowly. Uh, Biomutant, they still say, is coming out in 2020 uh, on PS4, Bang. Xbox One, PC. Wow, Kyle. There we go. You've been looking forward to it for a long time. Yeah. I, like, that's a game that, honestly, like, it could come out and we play it and we're like, oh, this didn't come together. But, like, everything I've seen about it just looks so weird and fascinating, and I like the world that they've established. I like that you're, like, playing as this anthropomorphic animal. It just, it, it, I don't know, it just seems like a really, I'm just, I'm fascinated by it. It looks really cool. I feel like we don't see these kind of games anymore where it's, like, an unknown developer just appears and has this, like, big game. Like, it's just such a rare thing these days that I want to see if it still works, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that one. Oh, great. Bravely Default 2 coming to the Switch. Jeffum, I know you played the first one. Yep. <laughs> I did. Jeffum, you're Jeffum. Yeah, Jeffum. <laughs> Jeffum, you have like 300 bullets in your pockets. Yeah, I don't want to play Bravely Default 2. Okay, all right. Uh, coming to PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4, Bug Snacks. I'll bang that one. All right. There we go. The Get hottest meme on the internet, and Jeffem's going to actually figure out what's going on there. Uh, what has right. captured Wait, your imagination? Your first game, Jeffem? You got Cyberpunk. Cyber. Oh, that's right. Cyberpunk. Okay, and the okay. medium. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's true. I forgot. Uh, what is it about Bug Snacks that's caught your eye, Jeffem? Uh, it's cute and silly. In, in terms of like indie games, I I would prefer just the weirdest kind of indie games that you can get. Like there, there's no sense in an indie developer trying to just mimic what AAA studios are doing, but not being able to do them as well. Like yeah. you might as well be weird alien bug things that you're eating and be totally True, goofy with it. Yeah. Like Octodad. So there we go. It'll be fun to play on PS5 too. Uh, this is an odd one that I forgot about. Remember that they're remaking Commander Keen for mobile devices? I thought that was canceled. They canceled that? They did? So... They haven't officially canceled it, but all references to it have been removed from Bethesda's website. Oh, interesting. Wow, so I don't Kyle. think that game exists. I think that game's not coming out. A vigilante destroyed the files. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. I, did, I actually sent an email to Bethesda to try and get a, like, a confirmation of like a month or so ago. I never heard anything back, which I don't know if that's more evidence or less evidence. I'm not sure, but... yeah. Uh, Crossfire X coming to Xbox Series X and Xbox One. This is the Chinese, very popular multiplayer shooter that Remedy has made a single player campaign for. Bunch of Remedy so this, heads here. This includes the campaign. This that, includes I am the interested campaign. in that. Like yes. a, a Remedy first person shooter campaign sounds pretty awesome. You should use your last bullet on that, Kyle. Well, I have three, so. Well, use the last really? one and save the other two. Yeah. What and games do you have, Kyle? I have Assassin's Creed, Axiom Verge 2, and Biomutant. Oh, are you taking the shot? Wow. 
No, I'm not taking the shot. I just wow. acknowledging that that game sounds cool. All right. I mean, just I mean, honestly, the game could have been called a Remedy Campaign, <laughs> and that would have been enough for me. Like, it, I don't know anything about Crossfire. I don't. It's not. I just I just like Remedy games that have stories. Yeah. So well, you might get caught up in it. Uh, Dangerous yeah. Driving Two is coming out this year. Oh, is it going to be good? <laughs> How, I feel like this has been half my life has been watching Three Fields Entertainment release games and being like, is this the break or the burnout one? Is this the burnout one? I mean, they're iterating a Dangerous Driving one. They were close to that burnout formula game with the Dangerous Driving one. Maybe they'll maybe they'll get it right. I hope so. Okay. Uh, Disco Elysium. It's coming out on PS4 and Xbox One. Big port. Big port. Jeff, boys. I, mean, I already played it and beat it. Yeah. So, no one else, all right? Jeff, um, on your little Xbox One, you're not going to play Disco Elysium. You'd like hey, it. Hey, you should play it, Hanson. I shut started, up. I started it on PC. <laughs> uh, hey, PS4, Xbox One, PC, they say it's coming out 2020, but boy, do I not believe it. Uh, Dying Light 2. Didn't they say they delayed it indefinitely? Did they? Yeah. Are you thinking of Dead Island 2? Oh my god. Dying Light, I felt like, was on a pretty good track. Oh, hang on. Serial is absolutely track. right. Dying Light. Yeah, Dying Light 2 is delayed indefinitely. Wow. Oh, snap. Oh, boy. All right. We'll uh, delete that one. If off I the bang list. it, do I still get to play it this year? <laughs> you no get to play what? whatever yeah, the build is like right Commander now. Keen, is yeah. it comes with. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll pass. That's okay. why they delayed it indefinitely. They're waiting for the Commander Keen game to finish first. So. <laughs> hey, mm. speaking of Commander Keen, we have Empire of Sin from John Romero. Uh, coming out of PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, Mac. Uh, General Romero's strategy game seems cool. What, like 1930s Chicago? XCOM? Okay. Uh, fall. Sounds cool. Game coming out fall 2020, they say, for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Fuser. This is Harmonix's uh, rebundling of some of the drop mix tech into an oddball console rhythm experience that sounds like a handsome bang i know i'm watching leo's mouth though i'm watching you big boy (laughs) watching me (laughs) yeah i'm in bang i want that uh and again even it's i just love the idea of having a somewhat medium to large size music rhythm game to play on a console this year i think that'll be great and obviously i love drop mix i love that card game i love that tech i love those remixes and gamifying that a little bit more outside of that board game context i am all in on supporting harmonics with that thing and yeah i'm glad that game's happening for sure yes absolutely uh coming on playstation 5 and pc also this year uh the first game ever shown for the playstation 5 technically godfall mm. this is the one the gearbox is publishing it's uh oh boy they call it a, a looter. God, what do they call that thing? They had like their shooter looter equivalent for this. Looter? Gooter? I think a looter slasher is what they're calling it there. Okay. Uh, okay. Coming to PC this year, Hades. Bang. I mean, I, oh, wow. I I technically have played the early release, like the, the early access version. But this is the only way yeah. you can play 1.0. All right. I, I, yeah, I, I'm, this is one of the games that I was hesitant about, but 
Yeah, this is Super Giants Games in Early Access now on Steam and Epic Games Store. Uh, Roguelite, where you are in the underworld in Greek mythology trying to work your way out. Um, From what I've played, I've loved it, and I've been meaning to go back to it all year, and I still want to go back and play a lot, even before it goes 1.0, because as Jacob Geller told us, that like it's there's a lot packed in there as of now. Yeah, for sure. And they managed to squeeze in more of that good super giant writing than you might expect in that genre. Yeah, it definitely feels a lot more story based than than I was expecting of just like, oh, I'll just go in and do mindless. Like, I can't listen to podcasts while playing it is sort of where I'm at with it, where I I thought when I was playing is, oh, I'll I'll just do a couple runs of Hades and listen to podcasts. But like there is enough story stuff in there that I don't want to do that when I play the uh, Hades. Right. Uh, Coming out. We don't know when. Probably November on the Xbox Series X and Xbox One and PC. Halo Infinite. Bang. Bang Kyle. Wow. I don't know. Here's the thing, guys. Um, I've played every Halo. Kyle's going to give you this big sob story about how he's the number one Halo fan and he dressed up as Master Chief for his wedding and all that stuff. (laughs) I've played every Halo game since the first one. But the first couple were my favorite. And I really loved them the most. And then the yeah. other ones, I played a couple hours, but they just didn't kind of ignite that spark. And I feel like my spark Guilty. has been ignited now for kind of that old school kind of halo. And I'm really geared into it and really want to get back to that now. The floor is yours, Kyle. Uh, the original Halos are also my favorite. Um, oh. Halo 1. Played a lot. I didn't finish Halo That's 5. I don't know if that diminishes my... Uh, it definitely my, does. My point, but you didn't either. <laughs> or four. I beat, I beat all of them, I think. It's good enough you for think. us. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you can you can prove that I didn't is the thing. <laughs> Hold on. I'm looking up Jeffum's achievements right now. <laughs> I played on a second <laughs> account, my, my Super oh, Halo yeah. fan account. Yeah. So, oh, Super Halo fan. Your big, your big Halo yeah. fan 69? Yep. Well, I... I it's weird because like my my fandom has like ebbed and flowed like Halo one and two were just like I've never I I at those when those games came out like Halo was in my top five favorite games of all time, but over the years it's just only diminished. It peaked a little bit more when Reach came out, but then it has gone back down. And I'm hopeful that Infinite is like another, you know, another side of the valley where it goes back up again. See, but, I know that it's going to be that yeah. for me. I don't have to hope, you know, kind of laissez-faire maybe i'm gonna like this again and it's gonna remind me of what right. it was like to be a teenager again yeah i'm all in guys yeah i want to be really kyle funny it would be really funny if you gave it to me and you ruined kyle's list well i didn't like that last beat so much but it seems like you both have the exact same <laughs> argument of halo used to be really important to me uh but i <laughs> who hated the new ones the most I, I think I got it. Oh, I, I, I barely played Halo 5. I, I, I don't even have it on my hard drive anymore. I would never look at Halo 5. <laughs> I think I'm giving this one to Jeff. Um, personally, he gets my vote. He's got that gusto. Come on, Fine, guys. Come on, Serial. I'll live. Oh, uh, see? He's oh, giving wait. up, guys. We're not he even done voting. Even Why did I already throw my hat in the <laughs> Dang it. Yeah, that's up. Does that count? Wait, no, He's guys, already rationalizing his loss, guys. I, Come I, on. Remember what I said? I liked the story because it seemed like Master Chief was not cool guy. He used to be cool guy. Now he's not cool guy. Serial, make the call. Making a good case. Well, Leo hasn't voted yet, right? No. I'm waiting for you. Oh, I see how it is. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it to Kyle just to keep things interesting. Oh, come on, Cyril, after I gave you... Okay, I think Yaku's at a hand. Jeff, you really convinced me of your argument of wouldn't it be funny if I did this? (laughs) So I think that's the argument I'm employing. 
<laughs> Leo-san. You know, I did. I was persuaded by Jeffem's spark igniting speech, but then it got very personal, and now I'm not so sure. But <laughs> Leo, I'll vote for you for whatever part. else you want, dude. Was you took, you took, you took watchdogs from me, Leo. I didn't even try and contest it. <laughs> well, then did I take it from you? Is the question? Yeah, you still did. You still did. Leo. The Cyber entire Pop case Pop. hinges on this argument. <laughs> Leo, bang, bang just, that gavel, nice bro. Just be nice to me, Leo. Come on. <laughs> we played Fallout Guys the other day. We had Fallout such a good time guys. together. Wait, what was the name of that game? I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> it was Kyle, Fallout what, Guys. We, Kyle, he doesn't even plan? remember the fun, good times he's had with you. Leo, do you remember our planned video series, Fallout Boys, that only had one episode where we talked about Fallout 76? Yeah. And then we I never do. did a follow-up Fallout Boys episode. <laughs> Despite that video's surprising success. That actually, it did actually do pretty well. <laughs> yeah. I don't see how that's relevant right now, but I appreciate the reference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give it to Jeff. I think. Wow! <laughs> there we go. Oh, Be a dick you, and Leo. say it loud is the lesson that Jeff has taught us today. That's Hear right. me. Wow. Uh, oh. Coming on PlayStation Five, Jet the Far Shore. This is the Super Brothers game where you're in that tiny little ship. Going on the horizon. Do you recall this cool-looking game? I look oh, forward to listening cool. to its soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, mm. how many shots you got left, big boy? Um. Well, I got two left. I'll, yeah. I'll take Jet. There we go. That looked cool. Jeffum's Jet. Awesome. Lock it in. Uh, this is one of the most bizarre sagas in the gaming industry throughout the last year for me. What is going on with Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga? Like, it was that weird thing of, oh, well, surely they'll release it in time for Rise of Skywalker. Nope. I was like, okay, Rise of Skywalker on DVD, kind of like they did with Lego Force Awakens. Nope. It has been near radio silence about this project for quite a while. Yeah. I think they're I trying wonder... to figure out how to remove Palpatine from Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> they're going to tell the real version of Rise of Skywalker in, in yeah. this yeah. story. I, w- I wonder if, yeah, the reception to... Uh, Rise of Skywalker kind of affected them, where they're like, no. "Oh, now we now the game actually has to be good. We can't just ride the the Star Wars wave into into just selling them like the same game that we've made for however many years. And now like this being the complete yeah. package, this could be better than Rise of Skywalker." TT Games put on the siren. Now it has to be good. Beware, everybody. <laughs> uh, anybody taking a shot on Lego Star Wars? I bet it'll be I'm fun. Good. It probably will be. Okay. Uh, Coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, Little Nightmares 2. Kyle, what is your mouth doing? It's thinking about how he lost Halo in his grand scheme. Uh Uh-huh. And if he should take the bullet that was intended for Halo and shoot Little Nightmares 2 in the the head. (laughs) I, I think you should do that, man. Execution style. Do you want to play this game or not, Kyle? Yeah, give me, give me, give me, uh, give me that. Give me it. Give it me. All right, there we go. Little Nightmares 2 going to Kyle. Uh, all right, coming on the PlayStation 5 is all they've said. Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales. Kyle. Wow! Nobody else putting up a fight. That's like a, that's a reason to buy a PlayStation 5 for me. Like... I we we really, all played. Spider-Man. I mean, I'll, I I I do want to play it, but like I yeah, I have I have one bullet left and I'm saving it. Okay, oh, okay. I mean that would that's a I last. I do want to play. Game. I do want to play Spider Man. 
What's that? I had all my arguments ready. I was I thought I was going to have to fight Jeff him. And I was going to ask him if he played the DLC. Them. I was going to ask him how many times he'd watched into the Spider-Verse, you know? Like mm-hmm. this is a civil thing now. You can you can just argue your case to the government. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no opposing party, but you still have to make your case. You're going well, hell, instead of fighting instead hell of this yeah. being a civil case, you're going to the DMV to renew your license. So make your argument of why you I'm surprised your Leo you're not you're not you're not coming up against me for that's not a last bullet one for you either huh No Spider-Man was cool but I wouldn't have finished it if not for that game club Wow uh how's everybody doing on the bullet count I'm out Leo I'm I have one left I've one left still and there's one, one left that I'm not totally sure is set for 2020 but I hope it is Interesting okay those, yeah. Uh Mortal Shell coming out September This uh, is August, August 18th yeah, August 18th. Oh my it got, gosh. It got like moved up a little. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was out of date. I'm sorry I didn't get in there in the Kyle, August. Do you have one left too? I have one bullet. Everybody left, has yeah. one left. Okay. Mortal Shell. Kyle, you're looking forward to it. Uh Soulsborne ish. Yeah, I liked what I played, but it's not a final bullet game for me. Kyle, you were in the highlight reel that the developer tweeted out uh, of everybody <laughs> making killer moves and they showed your you and your stream. Yeah, you know. Maybe that's why I should give it my last bullet. <laughs> that's the way this works. Uh, okay, no shot. That was odd. All right, Kyle. I mean, there's not too many left. There are there are two that I'm I'm kind of torn between that. I okay, think are coming up. All right, uh, all right. Also, uh, coming out to the PC. Oh, in June. I'm sorry. Is my Diggy Dog two? Anybody interested oh, in two back in June? <laughs> my Diggy Dog playing this release from June. I don't know this one. Okay. All right. I feel wrong. It's called Hanson's Diggy Dog. I shouldn't take that. I'm going to looper this. I'm going back in time to shoot this one. Uh, (laughs) NHL 21. Anyone? Uh, Coming to the Switch. No More Heroes 3. That was one of the two games that I had left, but that I I think I regretted shooting Mafia 4. But it's not. Are you out of bullets? It is not the one. Yeah, I have one bullet left. Wow. And you're not and shooting you're not it. Going to use it on No More Heroes Three. Yeah, this, you'll. I don't think my game is on your list. Is I don't think it is. No. I was trying to be militant about what's coming out in 2020. I probably cut. It. I All think right, you should take this shot, dude. I'm saving. I will save my. I will. If I wish I hadn't shot Mafia, is is where I'm sitting now. Because <laughs> Serial. I'm telling you, you need to shoot No More Heroes Three because I don't know what game you're thinking of, dude. Uh, Amnesia Rebirth. Oh, mm. interesting. I don't think I included it on this list. Yeah, Maybe it wasn't on Game Informer's list. I, I checked the Wikipedia uh, as I was on here, uh, making sure that it was coming out in 2020, but it is still set for autumn of this year. And that's just a new entry in Amnesia? Do you know which team's making it? Oh, Frictional. It, that's right. Yeah, that, that, that is the new Frictional game. It, it is them returning to Amnesia. Oh, my God. All right, I'll put it on this list, and you're taking your shot on Amnesia Rebirth? Yes. Yeah. There we go. Awesome. Um, how much they... has like one of my favorite video game stories in a game ever uh, in the way they deliver it through like both gameplay and storytelling. So like that, that was a game that I like, that is a game I will champion really hard for. Like everyone should play Soma, especially now that they basically got rid of the one impediment, which was like, oh, the monster AI is kind of weird and, right. and not great in the hell or stuff. But they got rid of that. Like you can basically play that game as an adventure game that is incredible. So like I, I'm excited to see what how they're gonna like what um what is it about the amnesia series or whatever concept they have that would say like no after we gave it off to the like the um, was it the dear esther developers i think the chinese right right. yep yep 
So like, w- what is prompting them to return to that series that makes it instead of them just making a new game? Yeah. What is it about that series that they're returning to? So great choice. I, I, I love I, it. I, I, want to see that i want to see what that game is more than almost any other game i think this year wow i did not see that coming so no more heroes 3 is up for grabs somebody wants to shoot it all right uh coming out uh on the switch we have the dlc pokemon sword and shield the crown tundra i if you put it if you put a gun to my head i cannot tell you whether or not i purchased this dlc and it's sitting there or not (laughs) i know i was curious uh all right at last we've heard it's still 2020 Rainbow Six Quarantine. I don't know this year. I'm going to go ahead and say. It's either the perfect time or the worst time for Ubisoft to release Rainbow Six Quarantine. The three yeah, we've player. decided to rename it. It's now uh, Rainbow Six uh, Lockdown. Is that, does that work better? <laughs> so it's the three-player co-op experience. It kind of left for deadish, Leo. What, what all do you know about Rainbow Six Quarantine? Very little. All we've seen is a teaser trailer, and I guarantee you the next thing we hear about that game will be the announcement of the name change. Right. But... Yeah, three-player co-op, single-player for Rainbow Six Siege that Rainbow Six Siege does not have because the single-player has been so long since abandoned in that game. Yeah. It's based on like a really popular mode that they added at some point, right? Like it was like a, supposed to be a seasonal thing and people really liked it? Is that? I, yeah, I think at least loosely. Yeah, their outbreak season, they had like three exclusive missions that were from a standalone thing that got canceled, so they just put them in Rainbow Six Siege for a month and a half. And that was pretty cool, but I mean, it's not what I come to Siege for, so I will probably play it but i'm not even that even in a non-dual scenario i'm not that excited for it really i'm looking at the unless they give me a good reason to be you just haven't seen anything yet okay uh and then spirit fair have you seen this one where you're kind of building a boat navigating in a boat side view beautiful looking game coming to ps4 xbox one switch pc bit of an indie project but it looks cool yeah um coming to pc in 2020 they say the good life which is Swery's game. Two games in one year, Deadly Premonition 2 and The Good Life. It's like, it was on my like list to look at, for sure. Because I, yeah. like I like Swery games. They're like, it's like a weird... Um, it's like a couple game for me. My wife and I always play Swery's games together. Yeah. Uh, like we played... I forget, I forget what the, the J.J. McField one. Like that was another one that we passed the, the controller back and forth and played. Um, so in that sense, like I'm excited for it, but I don't, I'm not enough to give it a bullet. I don't know what you all are saving your bullets for. We have... We have four left. I mean, they're not good. <laughs> uh, hey, you tell me. Uh, coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, The Last Campfire from Hello Games. Kind of that side indie project within Hello Games. Looks cool. A little adventure experience. Okay. Then we have Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, they say, coming in 2020. I am. I'm now because I thought I was being vigilant too, but now I'm worried that my two potential ones maybe they slipped into 2021 and I missed it. Or, just or didn't maybe know. that's what happened for me. I just didn't include it on here. Uh, well, surely you're safe, Kyle, because we have World of Warcraft Shadowlands coming to PC, and then the final one. And don't all <laughs> yell it at once. Worms Rumble. A uh, bang. There we go, Leo. <laughs> Taking Worms Rumble is the last one. Uh, it actually looks interesting. Like, it's not uh, your typical worm. They're not trying to harken back to the old stuff. It's, like, from a different perspective. Maybe you can capture some of that even, like, Fall Guys spirit. It's an interesting-looking game. And your daddy's so worm? sure the ones that I thought I was going to be able to shoot? Yeah, please. Which ones? Is Ratchet & Clank not this year? I don't think they've confirmed it for this year. I think I've said that okay. on the podcast, and people have constantly correcting me but like i don't know why hansen's saying this it, it, they haven't said anything about a release date 
I guess I guess it just felt like such a perfect game to have at Launch the beginning title? of the PS5's life right. that I wished it to be there. That was my number one. That was going to be my last bullet. And then the other one that I was like, had potentially was um, Hollow Knight Silk Song. Did they that d- go into 2021? That is 2021 well? at this point. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, I was you, you want my mafia for... bullet, by the way? Just <laughs> ricochet. Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting for Deathloop. Me too. Oh, I don't think that's out this year. God, yeah, I don't think. I mean, unless it was just missing on Game Informer's list. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Deathloop is quarter four 2020. Game Informer's just missing it on that list. Deathloop, right, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, actually, you know what? I guess my last bullet on Worms Rumble, so whoops. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff, I'm taking it. I trusted the system. This is what I get. <laughs> It'll always let you down. You saw what happened with that justice Correct. system. I'm sure Worms Rumble is going to be good, though, too. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I'm sure there's other ones. That another one I had, cracks. which is, again, maybe a 2021. It's also one of those, like, vaporware ones that I don't know if it's going to exist because it's so complicated. But System Shock Remastered, I've never played the original System Shock. So I thought maybe, like, playing the remake would uh, would be my chance to step into hey, the universe and see Kyle, what it's all about. I mean, I'm sorry I missed it. Yes, the remake, they still say, is 2020. Uh, did you have All a right, shot? It's my last bullet, I guess. Wow. <laughs> System shock. <laughs> Stunning. All right. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's let's figure out what we all got. Does everybody have their list? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I so <laughs> I can I can help you with your cereal if you want. Can I travel? Start. Am I allowed to travel back in time? <laughs> so for 2020. I really hate mafia. <laughs> well, I just, I could not have made a dumber move. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be playing Microsoft Flight Simulator, Crash Bandicoot 4, Chris Tales, 12 Minutes, Fuser from Harmonix, and Hades. And I feel pretty good about that. That, that, yeah, that feels accurate there, to really. my soul. That's a handsome list. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, what do you got? Uh, some game called Cyberpunk. Uh-huh. I don't know. Um, Halo no, Infinite. Who, who even wants oh, to play God. that? Uh, the Medium, which I am excited for, even though this doesn't actually guarantee I get to play it. Uh, Bug Snacks. Jet and Deathloop. Uh, got a good list. Yeah, Jeffum's got a killer list. There <laughs> you go. Very good at this game. Uh, Kyle, I didn't think I was going to have much, but it all came together. Kyle, what do you have? I've got Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I've got Axiom Verge 2. I've got Bio Mutant. Little Nightmares 2. System Shock Remastered. <laughs> And uh, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, which is like, I felt like was my big win. I really thought I was going to have to fight for Spider-Man. That's so funny. Yeah. Leo? I got Rogue Legacy 2, Hyperscape, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater remakes, Star Wars Squadrons, Watch Dogs Legion, and something called Worms Rumble I hadn't heard of until this episode. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that great go to hunt all about Worms Rumble. That's going to be sweet. Surreal, uh, do you know what you got? Uh... I don't know if anyone else has kept track, but I, I, I have I have Amnesia Rebirth. Yep. I have Yakuza Like a Dragon. Ugh. Uh Destiny 2 Beyond Light. Uh-huh. Uh what else did I have? You have Mafia Definitive Edition. Uh well we'll see about that. Uh, okay, and yeah. then Marvel's Avengers. That's true. Why did I pick Marvel's Avengers? <laughs> <laughs> so you took Mafia and Marvel's Avengers over yeah, No More Heroes. Not, not into this at all. Wait, do you even have six? Do I? Six? Is it? Marvel, Mafia, Amnesia. I think he's Destiny, at five. Destiny, Yakuza. Yakuza. Did I not count right? 
I think you're off, yeah. dude. I think you have one more shot on okay. No More Heroes 3 if you want to take it. I'll, I'll shoot No More Heroes, yeah. There we go. Don't throw away that shot. Don't throw away that shot. <laughs> Everybody wins. Congratulations, yeah. sir. You get No More Heroes 3. going to be good now. <laughs> and that's 2020, everybody, and we are legally obligated to only play these games. Not really, but spiritually, these are our games going yeah. throughout the year. Uh, fantastic. Uh, Leo, what's going on? Uh, you have a new episode of Watch Later going up this week? That's right. It'll already be up for patrons at the time of this podcast going up, and then it'll go up for everybody on Friday. Oh, fantastic. How are you feeling about it? Good. It was, uh, there was some writer's block going on, but I found something I'm, I'm excited to work on. So, and also for patrons, $10 and up, you can see me edit it live. So this is something we should talk about. Yeah. So last week we teased it. Uh, this week we introduced the backstage pass tier of revamping of our $10 tier on Patreon. So now at that $10 tier, you can still vote on what we stream every week for the great goatee hunt. And we've added a channel in the MinMax discord where we share links to watch Leo edit, watch later live. Uh, which is a fun idea. Um, a bunch of my notes, if you want to see the show notes for the MinMax show, the deepest dive, the notes as I'm playing those games, interview notes, stuff like that. We post that in the channel, behind-the-scenes snippets. And you can watch us record the MinMax show live. So we have a crowd, hello, lovely people in the backstage pass, uh, watching us do this live right now. Also, future episodes of The Deepest Dive, other recordings, uh, we just throw a link in that Discord channel, say, hey, we're live right now. You can check it out and watch it on a very, very early access basis if you like. But if you're nerdy, if you're techie, uh, I think it's a it's a good place for you. So thanks for all the supporters that have jumped up to that $10 tier and uh, are keeping this whole indie trainer rolling. We appreciate it. Um, Leo, would you like to clap out of here? Here I go. Well, Leo Vader will be missed. Um, but other things we should point out, since it's the start of a new month, we have new pictures on the Wall of Heroes, the TV set behind us. If you want to get your picture on there, uh, you can support us at the Wall of Heroes tier. If you have a picture on there and you want us to change it for the month of August, please send me a message on Patreon and let me know. At the same time, too, uh, people supporting us at the $50 tier, the in the credits tier, so they get their name in the credits in the description for all MinMax content. We read their name on every episode of the MinMax show. Uh, and we create a custom private if you want thank you video so if you supported us at the 50 dollars tier throughout the month of july and you want us to ship out that custom thank you video if you want us to do anything saying anything specifically convey a message uh, send us a message on patreon and we will customize that how you like because we're here for you that's why this whole show exists um other things to plug is uh refreshed a new live episode of refreshed is going live on thursday at 6 p.m central with anna diaz um, and she's joined by kelsey lewin who's on the animal crossing deepest dive she's the co-founder or co-director i should say of the video game history foundation incredibly smart person and they're going to be talking about the pokemon community is online like sarah b was it samoga was that other one i forget the name um, but they're going to be talking about just the popularity of subset pokemon communities online and so you can join them live throw in a question about pokemon or anything else you'd like and then that archive will be up on youtube and then also the podcast version will be in the patreon exclusive podcast feed also uh this thursday at 7 p.m central uh we're going to be streaming a new episode of better quest jeff cork and i are going to be setting our new monthly personal goals for august people from the community at the 20 dollar tier can call in and convey their goal for the month of August. We'll also have people checking in on how their July personal goals went. It's a fun, lovely time. And even if 
you don't want to call in, you can still participate by joining us on Patreon at any tier. And then there's a whole channel dedicated to BetterQuest where people just post amazing photos of like, here's me learning how to cook, learning how to paint. Here's, uh, I wanted to go on a hike every day. Here's pictures of that. It's just like the most uplifting, positive corner of a very uplifting and positive Discord overall. Uh, and wanted to let folks know too that uh, last week we streamed the remake of Destroy All Humans with the game's original senior game designer, Dan Teasdale who eventually left Pandemic, the name of the studio that made Destroy All Humans, and then was lead designer of Rock Band 1 through 3, worked a little bit on the first Bioshock, and then he founded No Goblin uh, and created um, Roundabout, one of my favorite games from this generation. And so in that stream, we played Destroy All Humans while talking to him about creating Destroy All Humans. So if you're a Destroy All Humans fan, I think it's a really interesting format and look at the creation of that game where he gets to marvel at the remake while also telling old stories about that game, including how the game started, Kyle. Did you know this weird detail? Where? Let you go. Why don't you tell us? (laughs) I I did watch the clip, but I forget what it was. Oh, that's fine. So... Destroy All Humans was born out of frustration because Pandemic was creating a pitch for Fusion Frenzy 2. For free Fusion Frenzy, right, yes. Right, yes. and then the pitch in Microsoft uh, didn't let it happen. It fell apart, and then in the ashes of that, like, well, let's take some of that tech and make a Pikmin-style game where you're flying around a UFO picking people up, and then that's what evolved into Destroy All Humans. So the idea of Pandemic pitching a Fusion Frenzy 2 before the actual Fusion Frenzy 2 is just like a fun little... Game history tidbit. And so it's a good chat overall with the NTs deal. So please check that out. Also, we want to thank our new podcast supporters, Captain Stubbs One. He says, hey, Min Max family, I'm back with a new project this time. Have you ever wondered how bad Fallout 3 lockpicking is or how often you should be changing keys on your home? Come on over to the Ask a Locksmith podcast where all these and more are answered. Every other week on all major podcast apps, I sit down to answer the burning questions sent to askalocksmithpod at gmail.com. I'd be happy to answer yours too. Captain Subs 1 is so great. Not only is his picture wearing the Jeffa mask on his face on the TV, which is great for the Wall of Heroes, but just the idea of him leaning into being a locksmith and starting an entire podcast about it, that is a good, deepest dive-esque topic. So thanks, Captain Stubbswell. That's awesome. Also, thank you for uh, thank you to Bambox. Bambox says, we want to say thank you to the min-maxers and other gamers out there who helped make our first gamer box a massive success. Everyone seems to be loving the Crash Bandicoot Funko Pop signed by Brendan O'Brien, the original voice of nearly all characters in the original Crash trilogy, including Crash himself. Speaking of Crash quips, uh, the next box is in pre-order and will be full of more collectible items inspired by Battletoads, Final Fantasy VII, and Resident Evil, along with a mystery franchise. Another signed pop is also guaranteed. By ordering, you'll become part of the exclusive BAM community of true gamers, qualifying you for epic giveaways and much more, so please check us out at thebambox.com. Also, We'd love to know what collectible item would Ben Hansen and the other Min Maximuses want above all others for their collection. In other world, other words, what's your grail item? What would you like in a band box, Jeffem? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I have no idea. Is it possibly what's in this one that they sent me, uh, which I believe is probably from? Last oh week's yeah, time. you know I, what I would really like is um, pull it out, Hanson. It. Oh, is it? Oh, this is fantastic! Is it a signed Crash Bandicoot Funko Pop? 
There you go. Yes, that was right on the tip of my brain. I am genuinely tickled by this. Uh, speaking of tickle, like the idea of having a tiny Funko Pop signed by the voice actor is a very specific thing. Thank you, Bambox. That's oh, cool. That's fantastic. That's very fun. I love tiny. Um, also, thanks to I'm 8-Bit for their continued support of MinMax. Uh, they want you to know that they have a huge Untitled Goose Game blowout. You can buy the vinyl soundtrack for Untitled Goose Game, one of the most unique and interesting soundtracks from last year. Um, and the entire vinyl is recycled. So it comes in a random color. It's 100% eco-friendly, along with Untitled Goose Game in a box on PS4 and Nintendo Switch, which is only available at im8bit.com. It's cool custom packaging, and it's also 100% recycled material. So support the environment and buy a physical version of Untitled Goose Game from im8bit. And remember, if you go to their store, im8bit.com, you can use the promo code MINMAXSHOW to get 10% off. Just a reminder, that promo code has changed, and it's now MinMax Show for 10% off. But thank you to iMatrix for their support. It. Yeah, don't post it on Reddit, everybody. Be cool. Uh, and they support us and the community in a huge way by giving something away every single week on the MinMax Show to the question of the week. So this week, our favorite comment that was posted on Patreon.com slash MinMax2Ns when we look for the questions every single week um, is going to win this plushie from Monument Valley. Isn't that cute? Little Ida plushie, apparently, is the character's name from Monument Valley. So thanks to I8Bit for lining that whole thing up. And now, community questions. Thank you to everybody that supports us at any tier and submits wonderful questions each and every week. Flip the USB twice. Says, hi. I wanted to hear your thoughts on the recent Avengers game controversy. I believe this game is a big middle finger to all Marvel fans that don't own a PlayStation, and it seems that Square Enix just doesn't care. Having a PlayStation-exclusive Spider-Man PS4 skin would be a totally natural and okay thing to do. I don't think anyone would argue that. But locking an entire character away that'll provide maybe 20 hours worth of content is just disgusting. And to make it worse, PlayStation users, users will gain access to other things as well. 30 days early access to a legendary outfit, emote, nameplate, takedown for each hero, a free bundle for all the post-launch characters, which includes a rare outfit, nameplate, 1,000 credits, free exclusive outfit from Vince Marvel. Uh, this game won't be out for another month, and it already smells like pure greed. I won't be buying it. A lot of people wrote in very angry about this Spider-Man exclusivity for Avengers. Uh, what do y'all think about it and just about exclusivity on a console level like that in general? Yeah, yeah I mean, this it's definitely... It's, oh, it's weird and it's disappointing like that uh, that big a character is locked away on one console. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, with it with Spider-Man kind of being a Sony thing in a weird way, uh, it, it does seem like, hey, if we're going to have a console-exclusive character, I guess Spider-Man makes sense, but it, it is really weird for them to, you know... Like, it, I guess it also, like, strikes me as, like, how how crucial can Spider-Man be, right? Like, to that, to that game, if he's just, like, an optional character. And that kind of makes me think about, like, how integral is any post, are any post-launch characters going to be if they follow yeah. the Spider-Man vein, right? Even if they're not console-exclusive, like, how, how interchangeable are those characters going to be? Obviously, like, the Avengers um, are probably going to be, like, you know, core, but, like, you know, if they add Black Panther or whoever down the road, like, the fact that Spider-Man essentially becomes, like, an optional thing kind of sets the precedent of like the, you don't have to have these characters if they're willing to release a version of the game without them yeah i think that that's a good way of looking at it and so it's going to be in 2021 where they're revealing it i mean we've spent so much time talking about oh wouldn't it be cool if they included insomniac spider-man and made this a shared gaming universe 
you know, I've interviewed people from Marvel, interviewed people from Insomniac, teasing that idea, like, oh, wouldn't that be great? And I was just flabbergasted at this reveal. The fact that they just do it in a PlayStation blog post and say, yeah, Spider-Man's going to be coming to Avengers, but it's not the Insomniac Spider-Man. It's their own take on Spider-Man. It's just like, I think yeah. back to how amazing that moment was in Captain America Civil War. Like that first trailer, remember where Iron Man's like, on your ruse! And then Spider-Man swung it. Like, I, I like the Marvel movies, but I'm not even like a huge comic book guy going back to my youth. But still, that moment was just awesome and i was waiting for that equivalent in a trailer and instead they just posted it on a blog it's the weirdest rollout i could have expected for this yeah i i I definitely think that that is also another thing that kind of makes me temper my expectations of how like yeah again how interchangeable those characters are going to be is it going to be a thing where it's like hey he switches he slings webs or whatever and like it's like a really cool thing that changes the game up or is it just going to be well we had kamal khan who could already kind of do some of his things so he's just like oh he had he like basically stands in as like oh he's like a he's like a utility or a dps character so they're kind of all you can swap in kamala you know iron man whoever like they all kind of just serve those functions yeah so like i'm very curious to see what that ends up being so yeah it's disappointing uh you know obviously if you're like i was planning to play the game on pc if possible but like this basically means that i'll probably end up getting on ps4 because why not yeah um but then also it's like okay this is maybe not as crucial a character as I might have wanted it to be. It's a rough week for that game with the combo of previews coming out and people being like, ah, maybe. And then yeah, this I, news getting the hardcore comic book fans that aren't on PlayStation pretty pissed about it. Uh, it's a it's a tough launch. Another secret plug. Um, we have an interview coming up next week with some people that uh, left Visceral to create Airborne Kingdom, like I mentioned. Um, and Zach Mumbach left visceral and went to work on avengers in the early stages so we talk a little about that the pressure to make it a living game in that early early phase so it's interesting bit of insight there but uh tricky one i feel like more than any other game this year avengers is going to be the one that the game industry uh consumes and then just chews on for a while like what what is the conclusion here what are we what what are we dealing with yeah what happened or just at ultimate alliance 3 should have received <laughs> right maybe yeah yeah and it's, it's, so like yeah people pointed out that it's not necessarily that, that they can't put the game like spider-man in any other games because he was in marvel ultimate alliance 3 so it's yeah. not like a well sony owns the copyright to this character because that's not the case so it's definitely just feels like sony kind of using their leverage to yeah. push people into their platform in a way that just feels re- yeah really anti-consumer and this is one of those like i feel like we haven't had a controversy about that in a while but like one of those games where you get a different bonus depending on which retailer you pre-order from. Yeah. And like, it's just such a weird rollout for this thing that it just pre-assumes that people are going to fall in love with this product, which maybe they can't because it's Marvel, but they're, like, none of the stuff that it pertains to the game itself has helped uh, that game's kind of reputation with people, and that's kind of a bummer to see. Yeah. Yeah, this was, like, the last thing that this game needed is another layer of controversy and reason for people to be mad about it, I think. Yeah, because it's not at that tier. Like, you know, it's not like a Final Fantasy VII Cyberpunk where it's like they could mess something up and people like will still be like, oh, I'll play it. But, you know, I'm not going to, you know, like it as much because they did. They fumbled this one aspect of it. It's like this game, I think, after some of the preview stuff was still like teetering as like, ah, should I play this game? I guess I'll wait for it to see if it's good. But like this extra does not help. Yeah. 
King Prometheus writes in, he says, Howdy, Max. What are your gut feelings on the perceived game of chicken Sony and Microsoft are in right now about release dates and prices for the next consoles? I know the common belief is that they're waiting for the others so they can undercut, but do you think they really can be so lenient with their prices? It feels like companies this large cannot be so impulsive with their pricing, and it, it's probably already set in stone. That said, it is hard to explain why we haven't heard from them either. So what do you think from your favorite Twitch mod, King Prometheus? Thank you for all your hard work on, on Twitch, King. Um... It, a lot of people have written in about this, about it's like, this silence is deafening. What is happening? Who is going to blink first? Because we're getting down to it. What was, do you know, do you know, do we know the timeline of when prices were revealed? Was it usually E3? Yeah, it's E3. Because we would learn prices? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's weird. And I think, I think they're right about it being set in stone. Like, I bet they are locked into those prices. I don't think they can pivot too much. Why not? It's basically. just a matter of how because much of a they bath they're have. taking. Like X PlayStation Three was like the price for three sixty came out first, and PlayStation Three didn't pivot at all. You but know? we like, don't know. I mean, seems likely, but we don't know that like the PS Four price didn't change in that day after Microsoft's true. press conference for the point. last yeah. launch of the last gen. I'd be surprised if it did, just because the Connect was inflating the price of the Xbox One there. But also, what's the disadvantage of not? Why not share the price already? Like, is it just... Because then somebody can undercut them. So it must be flexible if they know the other person can be flexible on their end to undercut them. So, yeah, right? Yeah. I also, yeah. I also wonder, like, you know, regardless of what the price ends up being, if it's more of a PR move than like, a, hey, we can pivot to like $400 or $500 or whatever, depending on what our, you know, our competition says, and more about like, how do we angle our console? Um, because I feel like Microsoft is already amping up to because they've already said, "Hey, this is the this is the now the world's most powerful console," and you know, are they still going to charge six hundred dollars for it if Sony does, or if they charge five hundred dollars, do they just continue to push like, "Well, our console is stronger," even though like the specs are out for both of them? Mm-hmm. So I think that it's as much of a PR thing where if you announce second, then you can you have the advantage of like tweaking your messaging, even if you're not changing the price. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Joe Stone says, Hey, Ben and the CLCs, previous console generations have usually seen one of the manufacturers declared the winner and one of them the loser, mostly based on hardware sales and general fan sentiment. With Sony and Microsoft this generation seemingly having wildly different goals, Sony keeping their focus on selling hardware and first-party exclusives and Microsoft focusing more on the getting the Game Pass users across a wide range of platforms, will it mean an end to the debate on who wins the generation? You can't win or lose if you're not in the same race. Uh, no, unfortunately, I think they'll still be pitting them against each other because it'll just be still mind share, even if it's not okay. Yeah. This number is higher than this number for total sales, therefore, you're the winner. The debate is going to be yes, the game pass trickle versus the occasional Sony juggernaut of a release. That's still going to be yeah. a, a less quantifiable war. I mean, I guess Nintendo has managed to get out of that race by just releasing their platforms at such disparate times that's it yeah for reference you know but Mm -hmm. like the fact that those two are coming out around the same time they're always going to be debating with each other like it's it's just kind of unavoidable so yeah the only way you can win is to get off cycle like nintendo i think so yeah yeah. that wii u thing really threw us for a loop but i i think it's also just doing something completely different you know like with the wii it was it wasn't it wasn't competing in the same category of like I, I think a lot of the time when people talk about who wins, they're still thinking it, of it in terms of who has the best and most powerful console. In right. It's like people wrote off the Wii and the fact that it sold like a billion consoles didn't really factor into who won, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. I think like for Nintendo, they, I think with the other two consoles, you, you kind of see it as like, um, like which brand of, you know, Blu-ray player are you going to get? Right. Because like they, they, they're, they're both kind of sold as like, you can play all the latest games. And then Sony just happens to have their exclusives and Microsoft has, ha- happens to have theirs. Whereas Nintendo is just like, no, this is like a game machine that where you play the Nintendo games and occasionally, you know, like uh, uh, whatever other third party games are developed for our consoles. And the switch just kind of further digs into the, like, this is kind of a, a spinoff console in a way where it's like, you buy Wolfenstein or like we'll doom or whatever again, but the bonus is that it's portable versus like, Oh, well, I'm just playing it on my console. So yeah. I, I think that they're more directly comparable still because which machine are you going to play all the latest video games on is kind of the question, right? Versus yes. Nintendo where that isn't the, no one ever buys a Nintendo console, assuming this is where I'll play all my video games. I can't wait to play armored city armored edition of Arkham city. Armor Arkham. Uh, Mr. Lopez333 says, Hey, Minmaxians, with the next generation of consoles on the horizon, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Uh, mm-hmm. I find myself very excited for what they will eventually be, but admittedly not crazy excited for the launch titles whatsoever. This got me thinking, what other launches had mediocre or less than amazing titles? So, of course, I had to make a related game for the crew to play titled Launch Loser. Guess the lowest rated launch title for these console launches. Xbox One. Okay. Does anybody want to guess lowest rated launch title at Xbox One? What's was uh, Metacritic or Metacritic? Sorry, uh, was uh, Local Cycle a a launch? It game? was not. Uh, Crimson Dragon. Crimson Dragon is correct with a Metacritic of fifty five. Uh, PS Four. Uh, God, what is ooh, the name? Of the- Con- uh, Contrast. Contrast is yeah. close at a fifty nine, oh. but there is one lower. Is it really? Is it like some, uh, you know, PlayStation Move crap <laughs> that I probably reviewed? <laughs> no. Uh, second to the bottom is Blacklight Retribution at a 58. I am surprised that this okay. one is this low, but think of PS4 launch, of- the go to joke game. Knack? Knack is apparently a 54 on Metacritic, which seems harsh. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's harsh. Uh, that's better. I wanted to pounce on that game, I guess. Nintendo Switch. Bomberman. Nope, that was at a 62. This one two, oh, switch. Uh, one, two switch. One, two switch at a 58. There we go. Sorry, I should have let Jeff him answer that. I He's know. It's his game. I was thinking of Bomberman too. I had I completely blocked one, two switch out of my mind. <laughs> uh, does anybody else have a console they want to do? We have them all, but I don't think we need to run through all of them. Uh, what is the Wii? All right. Do you have the Wii? I do have the Wii. So launch of Wii. Do you have any guesses? Otherwise, I could run through them. You know, I don't. I don't have okay. any guesses. I uh, just like there was a lot of crap on Wii, but I don't think it was yeah. there early on. I think Ooh, it actually launch, launch of the Wii. Here are some options for you: Elabits, Excite Truck, GT Pro Series, Red Steel, or Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz. I'm gonna go Red Steel. Man, I think Red Steel might have gotten some pretty harsh criticism red steel's at 63 but you forget how scathing the criticism was for gt pro series at a 41 mm-hmm. on metacritic wow. just brutal out there who's uh, the original xbox original xbox uh oh boy fusion frenzy probably right fusion frenzy is at a 70 on metacritic oh, all right solid yeah i have uh, never heard of this game azuric nope uh, so your options are for the launch of the original Xbox: Cell Damage, Fusion Frenzy, Mad Dash Racing, Transworld Surf, or Air Force Delta Storm. 
I'm going to go Transworld Surf. I don't think Mad I'll Dash. Go. I remember. I know the cover art. I don't think people like that one. Air Force Delta Storms at a 61. Uh, uh, Metacritic is uh is Perfect Dark Zero the one for the 360? Uh, you tell me, Serial. What do you think the 360 was? Your options are Amp 3, Condemned, Ridge Racer 6, Cameo, or FIFA 06. Oh, Perfect Dark Zero wasn't a launch game? It was, but it's not or, included oh. on this list. I mean, Cameo... Um, Cameo was alright. Right? I, I mean, I liked Cameo fine, honestly, but I, I, I think critics were pretty down on that game when it came out. Incorrect. Cameo was a 79 on Metacritic, apparently. Okay. I remember Peter Moore trying to tell uh, EGM that they should like, like in an interview or something, he was like, you guys should take another look at Cameo. Maybe think about changing that review score. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Just on Bombcast last week, Jeff Gersman's like, that game's totally all right. Give it its due. It's uh, my kid's favorite game. I've played it like four times with her. What? Really? I don't know why. It just like really appeals to her. But like we've played through it multiple times. God, that's bizarre. Uh, yeah. It turns out FIFA 06 oh, was a 62. Oh. Mm. Uh, okay. Other hot news. Brad Grenz says, hey, minimized maximals. Uh, sure. Uh, this week, people got mad about PS5 controllers. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Uh, so people are upset that it was revealed, Jeffum, that you can't play PS5 games with the PS4 controller. PS4. But you can still play on your PS5 with your PS4, but only the backwards compatible PS4 games on there. So Brad says, this is uh, strange to me why everybody's so mad, as every new console generation in the history of the industry has required a new controller to play new games. It has literally always worked this way, so why is this now considered controversial? In my mind, the dogged refusal by Xbox to include what otherwise would be industry standard controller features like gyro sensors and included rechargeable batteries without having the common courtesy to even pass those savings on to users is far more anti-consumer. So how is it that Microsoft's strategy is being viewed as progressive by letting you play with the old controller while Microsoft's, or while Sony is painted as stuck in the past for wanting to change money, char- charge money for futuristic hardware? Um, what, what is the I, complaint? Do we know? Because I had a similar that you can't play That you can't play PS5 games with a PS4 controller, whereas Microsoft lets you play, you, you can run Xbox Series X games with a Xbox One controller. So it's, the, it's because the Xbox comparison exists. Yes. Cool. I yeah, I think so. that's I think that's basically it. Is is that they're um is that they're it's like another point in Microsoft's favor in terms of like, yeah. oh well you can't play the controller. But um I think yeah, I I, I guess I wouldn't have get, like thought to do that even. I may as well just play if I'm playing PS5 game, I may as well use a PS um five controller. But I think for multiplayer games, I think that might be a factor where it's like, oh, you can't use your PS4 game to have, you know, someone else play co op with you is maybe of a yeah it's, i can totally see why people would be bummed about that for sure yeah uh charles davis writes in with a humdinger ready for this one jeff um yeah. Charles asks, do caterpillars know what they're going to that they're going to be butterflies or do they build a cocoon not knowing what will happen i think they do yeah they, they probably just think they're going to sleep they're like going to take a nap but then it's just like a really long nap and then they wake up as another creature yeah is it so te- they always wake up going, oh, snap, I'm a butterfly. I can fly now. This is awesome. I think, I think they know. Have you guys ever, um, I, think I, was, I think maybe it was uh, Radio Lab or Science Versus podcast. They talked about, there's an episode where they talked about the process of a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Yeah. And like how it's so much more mysterious than we understand. Because like, it's like the caterpillar literally just like 
reverts to goo. There's a point in that whole oh. like, that transformation where it just it's not even a creature. It just basically dissolves itself and then regrows. Because like I always assumed That's it was like the so caterpillar cool. just grew wings, but it like it totally. <laughs> you're just thinking of you're thinking of Bugs itself. Life essentially. What did you say? Thinking of Heimlich and Bugs Life. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I thought that was scientifically accurate. <laughs> That's so nuts. Because I guess it's also a tough thing of like, how do you even, I guess, x-rays? Can you watch it? I think the way they did it is they just had caterpillars at different stages and they like would do, uh, you know, cut into it at different stages to see what, what was happening inside there at certain moments. Jeff, I'm, messed messed up. Up, man. Jeff I'm you're way smarter than I am. Is there something interesting with like, are caterpillars and butterflies two different animals? Are they the same animal, technically? Like, if you look at, like, an animal tree... Well, if they're turning into goo, who knows? All bets are off. <laughs> yeah, is, is goo an But, you know, you look at, like, a fam- uh, animal kingdom tree. If you zoomed in enough to see the caterpillar one, is it, like, caterpillar slash butterfly? Or are those two separate things? Or is it stupid to consider them two separate things? Yeah. I, do they are have tadpoles still genes? amphibians? Yes. Yeah, well, tadpoles okay. the same animal as a frog. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. But but tadpoles can't survive on land. So are they amphibians? No. Freak this out! Great, right in. This please. is a great platform to this discuss. Is, yeah, this is the best possible place to talk about all of our animal classification questions. If anybody please, out there, any zoologists, please write in. Please, we need you to explain animals to us. Start with the basics. <laughs> Nothing's too dumb. That's the name of my our new podcast. Explain animals to us. <laughs> uh, Mick Manga. Says, going off the last podcast about favorite new IPs of the generation, here's my top five. One, Stardew Valley, then Ukulele, then Horizon Zero Dawn, then Undertale. Uh, thank you. Um, and then five is Chuchel. Please let there be a sequel. <laughs> Deep cut. Thank you, Mick. Um, anyway, here... <laughs> oh, hey, by the way, Solar Ash, I did learn, yeah. is in the same universe as Hyperlight Drifter. It's not a sequel, but it is the same universe. Oh, interesting. Okay, perfect. Also, um... When we're talking about new IP from Nintendo and how much they dropped the ball, still true, but uh, there was only one comment, which is obsessed me. There's only one that brought up, but we forgot Astral Chain just from last year, mm. which is a pretty big swing on new yeah. IP. Guess I'm still waiting for them to make another one, but. Wait, really? It's been like yeah. eight months. What are you talking about? Well, like for them to announce something or something, like just to see whether or not they continue with that series. Yeah. Maybe I, just like DLC or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, totally right. Mick has more questions. He says, here's my question. And here is the question. Mm. What style of game would you like to see come back in a big way with the next generation? For myself, with the success of some indies, I hope the monster-raising genre comes back across all platforms in a big way. Or maybe it's time for the raise of the farm, lift, farm life sim games and take center stage as opposed to being niche. All right. It's a little bit bungled, but you get the idea. What types of games do you want to rise up next generation? I mean, my answer might be platformers, but it seems like that's already happening. It's happening this year. Uh, Jeffum? Couch Co-op? Yeah. Although now I can't use my PS4 controllers on my PS5, so... Yes, so I don't want to play this. Well, I mean, you can play them on your Xbox Series X, though. That is true. That's where I'm going, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, but but yeah just, just that kind of... And I think part of it, even though it doesn't have Couch Co-op, but Fall Guys has gotten me thinking about those kind of just simpler kind of family oriented experiences that you can just have it a fun time, you know, with a group of people, even though fall fall guys is all online, but that 
it got me wanting more of those kind of games. Yeah. yeah. You know, Fusion Frenzy, which even though Fusion Frenzy was a stupid knockoff of Mario Party, like that, that kind of experience is still fun. And I'm sure you could do like so much more interesting things with such a more powerful console. Yeah, I'm totally with yeah. you. Uh, uh, Jeff, you should fast, or excuse me, you should rewind, I don't know, probably an hour at this point and hear Hanson talking about the Intellivision. <laughs> Maybe up your rally. Uh, something for Mick here, if you like Stardew Valley so much, I haven't checked it out yet, but there's a game on Steam called Littlewood, which is out. It's not early access or anything, and it's sitting at overwhelmingly positive. Uh, it seems very cool. It seems Stardew Valley-esque, maybe a little bit more techy with a simpler art style as well, but I'm really looking forward to checking that out tonight. Um, Littlewood was the name of that one. Yeah. I, I would like to see more character action games. I know, like, because even though we've had, like, uh, in the past few years, we've had God of War, Devil May Cry, and Astral Chain, I think a lot more of the action, like, Twitch-based games have kind of defaulted to, like, oh, we'll make it like Dark Souls, where it's like you're... Any, anytime you have, like, an interesting mechanic that you could like, action-based mechanic... I think it just either defaults to um, making it a Dark Souls game or making it more of an RPG, like something yeah. like Near Automata. Right. Uh, Lorenzo Gadillo says, first time writing in, long time listener. Thank you, Lorenzo. Thank you for uh, taking that leap. We appreciate it. We don't think we... Explain enough how sweet it is that people listen or watch and they're like, you know what? I'm going to submit something. I'm going to support us on Patreon. Thank you. Uh, to follow up another episode conversation about Battleborn, I'll tell you my amazing experience with the game. It started with the beta until launch and immediately fell in love with the characters and how it was played. Over time on Xbox, some community people made up an Xbox Battleborn League for about five seasons. Me and my friends were in every season and made incredible friends along the way. If it wasn't for Battleborn and the community on Xbox, I wouldn't have met over 100 friends on my friends list. As far as Battleborn and the game itself, Gearbox didn't treat it well after launch with a lot of microtransactions, DLC character, and operations that was overpriced as well as cosmetics. My question is, what game have you made the most friends on? Simple question. Good question. Hmm. I mean, I, mine would be Halo, but it was a lot of me bringing friends that I already had over to play Halo. <laughs> so it was cementing I mean? friendships instead of starting new ones? Yeah. But I mean, there, there also was like, there were a lot of opportunities where it was like, oh, you play Halo? come over and play Halo with us. Right. Know? So that, that was the big one for me. That one's more offline. You know, I don't know if I have a good answer for like an online counterpart. Yeah, I, I was going to say mine was Goldeneye for the same reason, mm. where I played with a bunch of different kind of groups and even like my older brother and his friends, you know, I'd like go to campus on the U where he was living with a bunch of friends and still play Goldeneye with them. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I guess it's a toss up between Dota 2 and Destiny. Uh, I think qual- I think from a quantity standpoint, I've probably like most of my friends list on Steam basically is people I've played Dota with at some point. Yeah, but I think because of the way Destiny works, you're kind of more committed to you know people in your clan who you raid with. So it's like I feel like the the friendships I've developed through Destiny, um, and there are a couple of people who actually who I actually we transitioned from playing one game to the other, where I think we met through Dota and ended up playing a bunch of Destiny together later on. Um, but I think for intensive qualitative, I think a lot of my friendships with people I've played destiny with are maybe a little bit deeper than, than the Dota ones, even though I have more of those. Yeah. Uh, Oh, also Lorenzo says PS gigantic was my favorite new IP of this generation. Rest in peace. <laughs> uh, yeah, I Rest forgot about peace. gigantic. It did have a cool look to it. I think everyone did. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Logan says, hey, Ben, in the Minnesotan cohorts, in the 1991 alternative hit Outshined by Soundgarden, Chris Cornell sings the famous lines, I'm looking California and feeling Minnesota. Uh, Chris says, in your own words, Jeff, um, what does it mean to feel Minnesota? Uh, well, based on that song, it's feeling like crap, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't even know this song at all. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Minnesota. I, I, think, I think about that song all the time. Really? It's still, yeah, it's, it's still imprinted in my brain because I was a big Soundgarden fan. But, yeah, it's, it's always like, I'm looking California, and that's super cool. And then it's, but I'm feeling Minnesota. And then it's like he says it all pouty. <laughs> I think he, they play the prices right. The uh, trombone yeah. theme, right? Yeah. When it, when that's yeah. The first yeah. sample of it. Yeah. Uh, Brian. But Vin- it's rock, so it's cool. Right. Brian Ventura says, Hey, Max crew. What is in your opinion, the most immersive game you've played this generation? Immersive. Uh, I think it's, yeah, I think it's probably Alex. Half-Life Alex. Oh, hmm. interesting. Real immersion. Okay. Um, I think, I mean, a lot of VR stuff has that advantage, right? Um, yeah, I think of course. the other one, I didn't play it in VR, but it is technically a VR game, but uh, Adrift, which was like a, a game where you were an astronaut uh, and you were just kind of floating through space. It wasn't like a, it's not like a, a an incredible game or anything, but I liked it back in the day just because it felt like uh, the, like the way they captured the ability to like rotate and stuff and move through like this, the wreckage of the space station, I thought was really well done. Even if like at the end of the day, it's like, oh, go, go to this part of the station and grab this and do this three more times. Like the game design part of it wasn't great, but um, just the feeling of being an astronaut in space was like not something you see a, a ton of uh, before, especially before VR. Yeah. But I think they really nailed that feeling of like, oh, I feel like I'm really in space, even though I'm not even playing this in VR. I like that idea of comparing games like Adrift, which, you know, are not 10 out of 10s. But it's VR, so it's more immersive versus something like Breath of the Wild, which is an immersive world, or even like Ghost of Tsushima, you know, people are really immersed in now. Because that's a weird thing of like, yeah, if I take this question literally, my, my answer would probably be like Rec Room in VR, like the only game where I felt compelled to like lay down on the ground and hide behind a desk from other multiplayer players. Like no other game has given me that level of yeah. immersion, even think, something yeah. as great as Breath of the Wild. Yeah, for me, I think the like the measuring stick is like how like how often did I think I, oh I'm really in it, like a part of this world, and I think VR just has a hand has a hand up on other games when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, one that I was gonna quickly bring up is one I won't shut up about, but um, like in terms of a game that I just played and like the rest of the world sort of evaporated while I was playing, it was inside. Like I just yeah. like I could not put that thing down. I was so invested in what was happening and like like had just was audibly gasping by the end, you know, it's like, so that, that, that's like a a form of immersion to me just getting so, and it's because it's so guided, you don't really see much of the video game edges of it. You know what I mean? Where Ghost of Tsushima, it's like, well, I have this checklist. I have these things I want to do where inside you're just being pulled along the strange journey. Well, also so guided, but you know, we talked about it a thousand times when the game came out, but also just so rock solid. Like there's no clipping. There's no anything. It just feels like that game is made out of clay. You know, it's such a bizarre thing. Yeah. Uh, Nick McKernan says this one's for Jeff. Um, most of us are pretty clued into gaming trends over the last generation, open worlds, microtransactions, free to play, etc. But are there any tabletop trends over the last few years that have stood out to you? Yeah. Um, so definitely the, the correct answer to that is the biggest trend, which has been roll and write games, 
where basically it's it start it think kind of like Yahtzee, but but develop where designers have really blown out that concept of you roll some dice and everyone has their own sheet of paper and you're writing stuff in and kind of making these permanent choices for the game that lead to other decisions. And and I think there were a couple that were really successful with that formula and because they're so easy to make, basically every publisher has come out with a bunch of them. What's the and best then you one? also get into more more interesting ones of like flip and write games, which are basically using a card of deck to doing the same thing. But but larger than that, I think just the trend of tabletop games, you know, kind of hitting the mainstream and becoming so much more successful and blowing out to the degree that they have over like the last five years to the point where you have like really good games being sold in Target, which, yeah. you know, was it, it was always just like Monopoly and Connect Four in those kind of games. But designer tabletop games have have become so much more popular in the past couple of years, I think. Yeah, I uh, successfully introduced my my old parents into two games over the weekend, which was shocking to me, which was I got a used copy of Catan. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. they should just play this. And they loved it, which was shocking to me. Um, I thought it was going to be too much for them. And then Monopoly Deal, which is a card game that's like at a Target or a Walmart for like five bucks. But I, I will defend Monopoly Deal quite a bit. Have you played that, Jeff? Um? No. It's like distilling Monopoly down into a fast playing card game that's over in like 15 minutes. Kyle, I think you would like it with the family. Yeah, I... I, I... I've earmarked it. I, I want to check this out. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, Jeff, but what is roll and write? What's like the best roll and write game? I haven't heard of this. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of German style ones. One is called Gone Schon Clever, which is, which just translates to that's pretty clever, but <laughs> it's a, it's a good one. That's kind of indicative of that type of kind of Yahtzee where you're you're rolling a couple dice and then you are using those to fill in kind of different boxes and different grids and each each one has a different kind of rule. I'll I'll try and come up with some kind of recommendation list for a future podcast. But that'd be cool. Yeah, they, they are they are really interesting games. A lot of them are are very solitaire focused. Either you can outright just play by yourself, or even if you're playing with a bunch of people, you know it doesn't really. A lot of them, it doesn't really matter how many people, like some of them will say like between one and 99 players, because as long as you have enough sheets, you know, everyone can play. Yeah. Has someone tried to do a battle royale board game? Hmm? Has someone tried to do a battle royale board game? I don't, I don't think so. Not yet. Well, I'm surprised there haven't, hasn't been one. I guess getting 50 people to all (laughs) play one game on a table would be tricky. I mean, risk. Right? That's kind of like a battle royale. What? Yeah, right. You just find a way to Shut put up. 99 factions into yeah. risk. <laughs> uh, here you go, Kyle. Uh, Toby Martin. Don't shut up yet, Kyle. Toby Martin writes in and says, Hello, everybody. I uh, hope you're all doing well. What game took you the longest to beat? I don't mean something you started 10-ish years ago and restarted a while after. It has to be the exact same save file. For me, it's Horizon, which took me almost a year to the day, even though I really liked it. Uh, yeah, mine. we mentioned this early, re- earlier. Resident Evil Revelations yeah. uh, for 3DS was a game that I started right when it came out. And I, I'd have to go back and find like a tweet. I tweeted about it. I, I took a screenshot of like when the save file was created and when I beat it. Yeah. It was something like four years. I didn't That's restart amazing. it. I just picked it up right in the middle and just was like, I need to finish this game. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, I did. So that that's probably the, the biggest one for me. I'm still in the middle of playing Final Fantasy 13. Uh, well, without, but you know that doesn't count because I restarted it. Okay. But it's funny because I'm I like I was playing a bunch and then I started all of a sudden getting achievements after like 30 hours. And I was like, why am I just only now getting achievements? And I realized because I was playing on my Xbox account, I had the achievements for like the first third of the game already. So oh, funny. I have one achievement that's like 2009, and then the next achievement is 2020. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, hello, Monument Valley guy. Uh, Tadadu writes in and says, Good morning, Min Max crew. Good morning. Did you know that you can play free video games natively on a Tesla car? Well, you do now. Below are a list of 10 or so games, and it's up to you to say if they are playable currently on a Tesla. The games can be played with touchscreen, steering wheel, or plugged into a modern controller. No, oh, watch out, Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, also, this game is called Does This Game Have a Colon? Colon Doesn't Matter Because That Is Irrelevant. Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. Kyle, can you play Asteroids on a Tesla? Yeah. Yes, you can. Jeffem, can you play Pac-Man on a Tesla? Yeah. You cannot, you idiot. Serial, <sighs> uh, can you play Missile Command on a Tesla? Uh, yes. Kyle, can you play Cuphead on a Tesla? Yeah. Yes, but only the first level. Jeff, oh, really? Yeah, I guess so. That's the best part, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jeffem, can you play Doom on a Tesla? Yes, absolutely. No. I don't believe it. You can play that on anything. Apparently not. Uh, Someone has to have done it somewhere. Serial, Fallout Shelter on a Tesla. I'm going to go with no. Yes, it's too weird. Oh. Yes. Uh, Kyle, Stardew Valley on a Tesla screen. I don't think so. Yes, you can. Oh. Jeff, um, <laughs> getting these layups. Skyrim, playable on a Tesla. Yes. No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you, Tedadu. Or should we say Elon Musk? I don't know. Imagine uh, that story like of someone playing 100 hours of uh, Stardew Valley on their Tesla. Like, oh, I, just spend, <laughs> I would just spend nights ignoring my family because I am, I'm a person who owns a Tesla. So who else is going to own a <laughs> Tesla? And I just ignore them for hours on end, sitting outside in my garage, basically. It's so gross. Playing Stardew the garage Valley. door closed. Yeah. Uh, Gasly haven't made any progress. Uh, I, Seeing which one would take me first. I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers or nothing here, but Ryan McCaffrey over at IGN, where's the camera? Um, he he's really into Teslas. I guess he has like a Tesla podcast, and I listen to IGN unfiltered interviews. And every once in a while, he'll like slip in some deep cut Tesla reference, and it's just I love it because it's nerdy and I love all nerdy stuff. But it's just that weird thing of like, there's Tesla nerds out there. It's just a culture that I've never intersected with once in my life. But then you just find out there's this deep vein of Tesla diehards. Who are you people? What is this? If he's doing it as like an obscure shout out to that community, I think that's cool. But it's like, it's a, <laughs> if, if it's ever crucial, like, oh, yeah, people will know about this obscure Tesla reference and that's maybe a little I think the last... I imagine he's doing it in good fun. No, yeah, it's not even like a, a shout out. He just says like, I think he was talking to somebody about manufacturing consoles to Phil Harrison, I think. And then he made some reference to like, oh, Elon Musk always says the trick with assembly lines is something like that. I was like, what? <laughs> Overworking people. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Latchy Dahlenberg says, are news reporters slash anchors the greatest actors in the world? 
If you think about it, they have to deliver lines in a meaningful way and believable as well, not knowing if what they're reporting on is entirely true. Um, I think that's a great point, Lachi. I think that's. I think the expectation, if you're a a news anchor, that you kind of assume it is. I don't think anyone's like looking at their copy and thinking, "I don't know if this is true." But they are acting, and they have to read this stuff sometimes for the first time. I think it is one of the greatest roles on the planet. Yeah, there's. They're certainly reacting to that stuff and they have to kind of, there's also like the idea that you have to do everything with the same kind of tone. Like there is a house style for a lot of places of like, you have to recite it like this, right? You can't necessarily veer too far away from kind of like that house style. You got to punch so the words think, like the same broadcast news, right? It's, yeah. it's a different skill though than acting though. Cause being an, a news anchor though, difficult for a myriad reasons, you're not inhabiting a different person. You're not playing a character. You're not pretending to be someone yeah. else. I think you're playing a character. You're heightening I yourself. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's different from the like, okay, I really have to sell the fact that I'm a news anchor. And when you're a news yeah. anchor, I think it's I think it's a, a different type of acting for sure. Like I mean, are you acting it, as a podcast host right now, Hanson? No, but I think that's different. I like because news anchors I don't anchor, think it's that far off though. No, I think but like, I think it is far off because news anchors can crack. They're reading like, a script. Yeah, if like if you want a, a great night, just look up news bloopers. 2016 best of like just look at those crazy compilations my friend jesse always just puts it on in the background it is the funniest thing in the world and like yeah i can crack where i start laughing for no reason but it's not like oh our illusion is shattered whereas news bloopers jeff have you seen that one where it starts with those two women on the screen and she just is looking at herself in the reflection she goes i so pale have you seen this Look up news blooper I so pale. It is just a perfect example of just somebody just shattering this facade. Or you know, keep I, do, I do think chicken. that they are putting like they are on in a way that I think you know that maybe we aren't like as podcast people on as much. But like I think there's a I think acting like uh, news news anchors are like one specific type of acting. Whereas you think about like the best actors have like oh I can play this type of way or this type of way. Whereas I think most news anchors are like can you hone down this one particular way of saying these things and yeah. kind of flowing like the news cycles. I don't think it's easy, but I think it, like if you think about greatest actor, I don't know that, you know, I don't think people would make the cut. It's, I'm just saying um, WCCO from Minnesota is Amelia Sentinello is the greatest actor I've ever right. seen in my life. He um, hasn't won an award. She's I, won like a I thousand Emmys. Award. Look at that. You know, she wins Emmys. Actors win Emmys. What's the difference? Not much, I guess. Thank you. The done deal. <laughs> gavel, gavel, gavel. Uh, Sean, Jeezy Do It Easy says, Greetings, Double M's. I just want to say, I've always found you guys extremely hilarious since the Game Former days. Oh, thank you so much. Skipping this part. My question is, uh, what's your favorite video game joke from a stand-up comedian? For me, he loves, uh, there's a Ron Funches bit about Persona 5 recently. Apparently. Oh, I haven't heard that. Yeah, I watched his recent special. Even I don't think he has a lot of video game jokes. In huh? There. But what stands out to you, Kyle? Uh, you can find Kumail Nanjiani's bit take on Heavy Rain on YouTube pretty easily if you just look up Nanjiani and Heavy Rain. Yeah, and he just talks. I mean, the whole the, the sort of the punchline of the whole piece is that it's like this is an elected entertainment experience, and he's playing a sequence where you're a very depressed, divorced dad cooking. A microwave dinner for your son and he's like i paid 60 dollars to have this you know simulation and it's it's very good i would go look it up yeah uh i always think of pete holmes i forget what special it is but he's obsessed with like recording booths and he has this bit talking about street fighter 2 and he just like an ex the guy being the recording booth like okay so i'll just 
quick take here. Uh, Japan! How is that? Do you think that'll work? And just like doing all of those like country lines for True Fighter 2? Because he's right. Like somebody had to do that in a very probably stiff environment. Just scream the name of a country. Yeah. Speaking of like the, the Giga Leak from last week where they released like the perfectly like clear audio versions of mm-hmm. all the Star Fox lines. That I would see. I would love to see the Street Fighter voice lines. Yeah. And that clarity oh, yeah. of just who, who was it? Who said that? Right. Right. Uh, Connor has... <laughs> Oh boy, this podcast is weird. Connor says, I got a game for you. Okay. I'm not sure if you've done it or not before. It's called Kirby Boss or Biblical Entity. (laughs) (laughs) We do this one every week. I know. I've listed a few pairs of names, and each pair you'll have to guess which one is a boss villain from the Kirby series and which one is a named angel or demon from Christian or Hebrew scripture. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Okay, this is amazing. All right, Kyle. Uh, Which one is from Kirby? Metatron or Taranza? Ooh, I think Taranza's from Kirby. Correct. Metatron is an yeah. angel's name. Jeff I Metatron. Metatron? Yeah. Is it angel? Not yeah. Meta- yeah, Metatron. I, that I actually knew, but my, my pause was, I think it, I was like, has that also been a Kirby boss too? Like, is it Oh, both? getting out of the game with a okay, trick. Yeah, are there any trick answers? Like, oh, this there, are not, there are not. There okay, are not. Good, good, good. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Jeffum, Megalore or Murmur, which is which is the Kirby character, Kirby boss. How is Murmur spelled? M U R M U R. Versus Megalore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Uh, Kirby is Murmur? No, Murmur's a demon. And he's right behind you right now! Uh, oh! <laughs> I, I totally would have guessed Murmur. That sounds like something I fought in a Kirby game, man. Murmur. Uh, Serial. Legion or Astral Birth? Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say neither, but... Uh... Astral Birth is the Kirby boss? Correct. Correct. Well done. Uh, Kyle? Does it, does it say which Kirby games, actually? No, it, no they be. don't. Uh, okay. Legion is a demon's name. Okay. Uh, I think that was from Kirby the New Testament. All right, Kyle. Dantelion versus DeRoach. Which is Kirby? Dantelion or DeRoach? I'm going to go Dantelion as being Kirby. Dantelion is a demon, Kyle. And he's behind you right now! <laughs> I can't use it every time. Uh, thank you, Connor, for the weirdest game anybody's ever submitted. That's very good. I like that one a lot. Oh, boy. What's going on in this Bible? <laughs> <laughs> there's Metatron. And yeah. There's a lot of there's well, a lot What of if like, no one's there. actually read the Bible and you just find out this is a very different book than what I thought it was going to be? There's, there's a lot of fun stuff in there. It. Absolutely. Jesus isn't even in it. <laughs> Hunter S. Sack says, Hi, hey, hello. It's time to play. How well does Open Critic know that critic? Or do these critics know these critics? Uh, sure, Hunter, we'll go with the other. I found the top three lowest rated games on Open Critic by Kyle, Jeffum, and Surreal. <laughs> also, cool. the lowest two. Okay. Oh, uh, highest Kyle, and lowest? Is that Yes. Saying? Kyle, I don't think you can guess. You'll be the last one to guess. Does anybody know the highest score Kyle ever gave? 
or gave? Uh, a 10 for Breath of yeah, the Wild. Yeah, right? Correct. Any Zelda game. Correct. No, uh, I, all, I, all, I all gave, those Zelda games he reviewed. I gave um, the, the one whose title I can't remember, like a 7. Triforce the Heroes. one with the clothing, the co-op one. We all remember it. Hi, Triforce Heroes. Yeah. There you go. I want to go Are back to that one at some point, that? Kyle. That was a weird 10 that you gave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just like that there's three of them, man. Kyle, do you know, or can anybody else guess, uh, the other two highest games that Kyle's ever scored? Uh, inside. Inside's inside 9.75. Mm, Hyper Light Drifter? Hyper Light Drifter 9.5. Serial. Killing it. Wow. Uh, does anybody know I the know my Kyle. Good games right there? I'm proud of those yeah, scores. That's true. Does anybody know the lowest score Kyle's ever given? This one's going to be tough, mm. I think, because I, I think I know what it is. I don't remember the title. Oh, wait. I think it just came to me. I think you remember this but title. I'll, I'll be, I'll, you want me to be quiet, right? Desperately. <laughs> uh, man, I don't know. I feel like I, I can't remember. I don't think there's like a clear instance in my head of you giving like a game a really bad score. But I think there is, and he got a lot of crap for it. Was oh, it Skyrim uh, VR? Skyrim VR was a five. Uh, Kyle, do you remember the other one that you can't remember the name of? You gave a 5.5. Is it Odomedius Excellent? <laughs> no, apparently Faye. Oh, yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't know much. you didn't like that game. Uh, all right, Jeffum. Yeah. Does anybody know the highest score Jeffum already ever gave? Yeah, please tell me. Do you not know Jeffum? It... Uh, I got some guesses, I guess. But okay. Is until dawn in that like top three until dawn is as highest at a 9.0 highest that's wow. amazing jeff how many years were you reviewing games at game informer 10 wow that's i, mean, I the guy that reviewed one two I switch know, so that gives I, you a good I, idea <laughs> i must have i must have given out quite a bit of nines i guess yeah i guess was, I, you know the scale went to 10 right Oh, <laughs> uh, any other guesses? Yeah, one through nine scale that Fabo always used. Okay, I then I th- I think I know two more. Please, uh, Diablo three. Oh, it's not listed here. It, it had to have been a. Yeah, that might be weird because it was like you did the console version and maybe Metacritic yeah. or Open Critics score sticks with the PC one. That might be a weird. Right, thing. right. Or maybe it just didn't doesn't pull from that far back um borderlands no not listed here is this a flawed list because this This person has your second highest at horizon zero dawn 875 and then hell divers at an 85 is that do you think that's possible no i'm i've for sure given more nines than that okay and your lowest uh review um we've mentioned it on the podcast and kyle just mentioned it again Kyle just mentioned it again. Well, now I have no idea. Kyle? One, two, switch. Yeah, one, two, switch was a four. You gave one other four, Jeffem. I mean, I thought it was going to be the Kung Fu Roller or whatever that Kung Fu Racer. Oh, it was a PlayStation Move game, right? Yes. Yeah, where you're on like an office chair. Yes, and it was terrible. And the the headline was worse than a kung fu kick to the groin. Kung fu a high impact? No. No, that was the Connect game, I think. That was yes, that's one that Dan Reichert apparently reviewed. 
Anyways, the is other one that you Slider gave before title. Nope, the other one you gave before is Armacrog. It's an adventure oh, game. Okay. All right, Serial. Mm. Serial's highest review. Does anybody have a guess? Owlboy. Right. Incorrect. Hmm. I think he gave that a nine. So these are higher than that. Yeah. I don't know. Some suit of fifty-one garbage. <laughs> no. Let's see. Um, <laughs> one of these is very on brand. Came out 2017, I think January 2017. Oh. Dragon Ball Fighters. Dragon Ball Fighters. There we go. 925. Uh, Serial, do you have any? Oh, can anybody guess any other ones? Because one of them is very fun and you wouldn't expect. It's also a 925. Serial, do you know what it is? Oh, I think I know what it is. Take it away, Kyle. Is it a Pac Man? It is. Which one? Championship Edition 2? Correctamundo! And then yeah, the third... Surprisingly controversial score, because I, I don't... I think the consensus is people don't super love that game as much as the previous ones, but I think it's better. I yeah, think yeah. Uh, also, Monster Hunter World, you have a 925. Um, yeah, that was the weird one, because I was, like, for the PC version, right? So it was most, like... I think the, the skew there was, like, evaluate, like, how it runs compared to the console version. Right. So it was, like, a, a weird thing there. Uh, you've... Okay... Do you I have any idea what your lowest score is, Serial? I haven't heard of either of these games. Um, because I, 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 there was I've like I think the most negative review I gave I didn't score because it was for Zam of like several years ago it was for Star Fox Zero and I did not care for that game but I didn't give it a score. It would have been a zero. Oh, it didn't occur uh, to me that yeah, there's, there's probably some non-game informer ones for Serial. Yep, aren't there? there is. There's yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. I think the one lowest one I must have given it Game Informer was for like I don't remember what it's called. Is, is it Narcosis? No. Nope. It was like a Nope. Okay. Uh, uh the game is called This Book is a Dungeon. Oh, right. Yeah, I gave that a a, a five, right? It, yes. Good yeah. call. Steam seems to love it. What the hell is this thing? It, it it was I because it's a book also, it's like um it's like a game that you can play that I think also is a book about someone's experience making the game. Okay. So it's like, here's how I put this together and you can play it or whatever. So it was like this weird um, kind of experiment. Um, it was like, it was neat in terms of like the, the concept, but like, like the game wasn't very fun. And I didn't think like the book was like super educational. And it felt more about like, here's a series of anecdotes about making games versus like, okay, here's how you do it. Here's a good approach to doing this. Sure. Right? Sure. Uh, sincerely, Eric writes in and says, Hey everybody, what's your favorite kind of bread? Chocolate chip banana bread is number one food of all time, so it has to top the bread stack. But not conventional bread, I understand. But like just a good, fresh, basic-ass bread coming out of the oven? Tough to beat. Like a pumpernickel? Good <sighs> pumpernickel, like what they got at... Uh, although, I, I guess that's not what they have at Outback Steakhouse. Like, you think it's pumpernickel, but it's actually not. It's Interesting. Like wheat bread or something. But a sourdough. Um, good sourdough. Good, too. I, th- I think my favorite is probably still like the the Mexican bolillo, which Ooh. is sort of like French bread. Like mm. I think, yeah, uh, it's a type of savory bread traditionally made in Mexico. Mexican French like bread. Just, uh, basically, yeah, I think sometimes they just call it pan frances, which is just French bread. Huh. But it's like it, it is the quite possibly the, like the softest kind of bread you can you can buy, and it's like I I would when I was a kid I would just eat like just a roll of it without any anything on it because like the 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 actual texture of the bread itself was so good that you yeah. like i almost didn't want to put anything on it because of how it would interfere with the texture of the bread Ooh, speaking of that regional bread i just had some this weekend always underrated a good hawaiian roll 
tough to beat. Yeah. Tough to yep. beat. Just a little bit moist, a little bit sweet. It's got it all. Uh, Hanson, yeah. to go back, not, not to rewind, but I'm afraid I gave Kung Fu Rider a 3.5, so that that entire game was invalid. Apparently, it's invalid. This is Open Critic, so blame yeah. Open Critic and not our dear friend yeah. Hunter S. Uh, thank you for the follow-up. Um, Sean Mason. Oh, hang on. Let's, let's, we should talk about this. Um, I was listening to this uh, Giant Bomb podcast. I forget which one it was exactly, but Vinny was on at Surreal. And Vinny said something that I've... It's like it's, You know those moments where you listen to a podcast and you connect with the person so hard about like, yes, this person's going on a limb at confessing this inner secret and I've never connected with somebody on this before. And... Everybody made fun of him, and every time I've brought it up with somebody, they've made fun of me too. But Vinny said on this podcast, he's like, you know, like when you were a kid and you were like watching a movie about like prisoners and they got like just like a stale piece of bread, and you know how that bread looked really good and you were like salivating for that bread? It's like, yeah. Does anybody else have this experience of like a pirate movie where they give them some bread and like, I want to lick the screen as a, I just love bread that much. Is, is anybody else on this train with Vinny and I, I, I had a similar oh, thing where anytime someone is talking with like their mouthful, I'm just like, man, I would love to just uh, eat whatever they're eating. Cause it's like, I don't know, for some reason, like people talking with their mouths full, <laughs> what? always, they always made me really hungry. I'm just like, I don't know. That's the weirdest really thing think. I've ever heard, Surreal. Everybody shame and him. Forget this bread thing. When you just played, people laughed at you. <laughs> and then Surreal goes out on a limb, and this is what he gets. Yeah, but I have Vinny, like one of the greatest human beings on the planet on my team. <laughs> this guy's interested in mouths. All right, never mind. Really? But none of that? Like, you didn't think that that no, looked amazing? No, I mean, like, I, I, I... Probably. What's that, Jeff? I made... Yeah, sometimes it, it might look like a good piece of bread. Okay. Okay. But like a craving. Like you got to go to prison for that bread. <laughs> like 1600s pirate prison. <laughs> anyway, it's the only way. It's the only way. Uh, Sean Mason says, hey, in high school, I was sent to the principal's office for organizing our senior prank. While the principal lectured me about how seniors need to be leaders and set examples for the younger students, I couldn't help but burst out laughing and I couldn't stop laughing. Seven years later, I still don't know why I couldn't stop laughing. In your I life. Thought. What's that? And I haven't stopped laughing. <laughs> uh, when did you guys become the Joker? No, in your life, when was the most inappropriate time you burst out laughing? That's Man. a good question. Yeah. I, I think it used to happen uh, when we were kids in church. I think yes. it was, was like the the kind of uncontrollable, like infectious laughter. Yep. And it's specifically because you know you're not supposed to be doing it and so it doesn't really even matter what sets it off but yeah. right it's probably looking at the word murmur in the bible would, would you be, <laughs> yeah yeah but it's like as a family Metatron. <laughs> that sounds absurd um yeah it needs to be in that location where you're not supposed to be laughing like I, this is specific but i remember uh best friend ronnie probably like seventh grade something like that i was eating dinner with his family and we're sitting around the the kitchen table pleasant fine meal uh and his grandma was there and she was very very old and very frail and she were having potatoes and she just took the ketchup bottle and just like eh, 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 and just squeezed the ketchup bottles like, <laughs> and just made like the best ketchup fart i thought i was going to die i was 
melting down, just red tears streaming as I was trying just not to laugh in this old woman's face for just making a ketchup fart. And I couldn't do it. I just, I, I broke down inside and then I had to point and laugh. <laughs> no, I didn't do that, but that, that's what I think of. Uh, Oh, Joe Dean writes in and says, hey, baby boys, I played a lot of Fall Guys today and I wanted to ask what do you think is inside of the Fall Guys? Is it, are they filled with blood? Is it like a jelly bean inside? What is going on in there? It's uh, caterpillars in the middle of metamorphosis. Yep, it's like mid-caterpillar. Um, mm-hmm. Jason Wojnar says, hey, Kyle, are you considered a cool dad because of your job? Are your daughter's friends impressed when they learn you play and write about video games? Uh, no, not at all. I remember oh. I was, this kid had a Pokemon shirt on and I was talking to the mom and I was like, oh, you like Pokemon? He's like, yeah. I was like, I actually met the people that made Pokemon. <laughs> I went to Japan. And he was just like, I like Pokemon cards. Yep. <laughs> I was like, all right, never mind. <laughs> not at all interested in what you had to say. You'll get it someday, kid. So, you'll yeah, come so crawl so back to me. Yeah. Someday no, you'll be man. cool, man. Really? Do you think your daughter thinks you're cool? I put a sticker on my car that says "Cool Dad" <laughs> that Jeff Cork always thought was very funny. Uh, so, wait, yes. are you intending you think, it to be funny? You think your job will get cooler yeah. as as you, as Claire gets older, and that like I think w- there's like an age where you kind of don't have any context for anything. So someone could say, "I'm an astronaut who's like been to Jupiter," and people would be like, "Oh, okay, I have no context for what that means." But I think as you get older and you people realize, oh, not everyone does your job for a living. I think it might become more impressive as she gets into like older groups of kids. Yeah, maybe some of her friends' parents think it's cool. Okay, which I'll take that. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, Bob Buell writes in, and he says, "Evening cohorts." It's time once again to play America's fastest growing game show sensation. Colon, Nolan, Double, or Trouble. (laughs) I will name a video game, and you have to decide if it is colon, has a colon in the title, Nolan features the voice from Nolan North, Double has a colon in the title and voice acting from Nolan North, or Trouble, none of the above, no colon and no Nolan North. (laughs) All right, do we all understand the rules of colon, Nolan, Double, or Trouble? Sure. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like the rules are in the name, really. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Um okay. Uh Kyle. PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. Colin Nolan double, double or Trouble. Um I think that's a Nolan. That is a Nolan. Way to go. Uh, well, you no got, colon you in got that Nathan title. Drake. Way to go. You understand how this game is played. Jeff. Yeah. Monster Hunter World. Oh, crap. If if it, Nolan is credited as additional voices. <laughs> that, <laughs> like still that, that still counts. That still counts. I'm going to say trouble. I'm sorry. There is a colon in Monster Hunter World. I believe we talked about it last week even. So I, that's embarrassing. Uh, remember your colons. It's the key to min-max success. But no, no, no. That's right. <laughs> that's right, Serial. Uh, Serial. Injustice, gods among us. Colon, Nolan, double trouble. I'm going to say a double. That's a double, baby. Woo! Kyle. 
Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. <laughs> um. Ooh. That's a colon. That's a trouble. That's no Nolan, no colon. Jeffum. Codename Steam. Codename Steam? The 3DS game with Abraham Lincoln fighting a bear or something. Of course. Underrated. Name Steam. Nintendo developed it. I'll do a double. Iron Bone. Sorry, that's just a colon. No Nolan North for Nintendo Project. Come on, let's look alive here. Get your head in the game. Get your head in the game. Come on. Has Nolan not ever been in a Nintendo game? I don't know. I can't think of one. Can you? I bet he hasn't. No, I don't think I can either. Uh, Additional voices, man. That's how you get in there. Yeah. Serial. Crash Tag Team Racing. Uh, I'm going to say that's a Nolan. That is a straight up Nolan. Kyle. Star Wars okay. Battlefront 2. Oh. Can I get a year? 2017. Okay. I think I think that's a trouble. That is a trouble. Way to go. Yes. Oh boy, there's so many more of these. <laughs> really? Uh, wow. Jeffum, Marvel vs. Capcom yeah. 3, Fate of Two Worlds. Marvel vs. Capcom 3. That's a double. That is a double. Surreal Vasquez, Lego Jurassic World. Uh, that's a colon? That's a Nolan, my friend. Uh, Kyle, XCOM 2, War of the Chosen. Uh, colon. That's a double. And Jeffum, uh, I guess we'll end with you. Red Dead Redemption 2. That's a trouble. That's a trouble. All right. Yeah, all right. Thank you so much, Bob Beal, for sending in uh, this un- <laughs> no, unbelievable game. Uh, what do y'all like for question of the week? I like the Kirby game a lot. I did not expect that one to go over so well. I was on the fence about reading it. It's so weird. I don't even remember. There was the cat. What was the caterpillar prompt? I just liked where that went. Uh, that just was it. Is what do I they think, know? I, li- I like the caterpillar like the, one too. Do you think uh, caterpillars know that they'll become butterflies? Yeah. Question. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of like that one because it's like I want to encourage more weird off kilter questions that <gasps> oh, have no boy. relation to our expertise. I was yeah, le- asked the science questions. It was <laughs> the most thought provoking question of the week for me. Honestly, I changed yeah. my life. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Charles Davis, congratulations. You've just uh, yeah. metamorphosized into a winner for Question of the Week on the MinMax Show, uh, and you win this amazing uh, plushie from iMateBit. So again, you can go to iMateBit store and use the promo code MinMaxShow for 10% off everything. Thank you so much, Charles Davis, for supporting us on Patreon. Um, and now it's time for something that we like to call Get a Load of This. Kyle? Do you want to kick it off? Sure. Let me just get Slack a load in here. Uh, hey, get a load of this, you guys. Someone shared this thread from an, a Studio Ghibli art book. It was an art book specifically about Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, which was a manga before it was a movie. And Hayao Miyazaki went through the book and wrote all these notes about the art and stuff like that, huh. basically like a written commentary. And someone shared, there's a thread that we'll link to, 
that shared a bunch of them, but like they just cracked me up because there's because he's so honest. Like he's always so <laughs> honest about everything that there's like there's a bunch that are just like I don't remember drawing this. I don't know what this is for. <laughs> I don't even like this one. And like there was one. Let me see if I can. It's it's taken just a second to load, but there was there was one that kind of had a bit of a story. Uh oh yeah, this <laughs> it's just a picture of Nausicaa. I don't know. I know I'm the one who drew this, but I don't really like this picture. The Nausicaa inside me would never pose like this. <laughs> but I know I drew it. Uh, it's see. also funny because uh, like, I don't even I think, remember this one. Yeah, like part of the comedy there isn't... Oh, here, like, let me... It, 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 okay. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I think part of the comedy more. there is that like they bothered to print those quotes at all, right? Because they could have just said, this isn't a meaningful quote. We can just like have these without captions. With the fact right. that it's like literally anything this guy says, we will print. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. it's just a series of like, dude, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. But there's one that's like, it's Nausicaa in her sort of, if you know the film, she has like uh, uh, this sort of underground lab where she's figuring out how to remove the poison. And uh, it's a nice picture, but he writes, I drew this for a calendar included inside an, an issue of Animage. I couldn't think of anything to draw, but my editor simply refused to go home. <laughs> Eventually, I caved and drew this, grumbling about not having enough time. <laughs> that's beautiful. Uh, so that's the kind of incredible commentary you get from Hayao Miyazaki about all his beautiful Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind art. every nerd's favorite dick, isn't he? Like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. Uh, uh, that documentary it. is still very good. And remember, we made that video, Kyle. You can find it on our YouTube channel, which is uh, an obscure beat from 1992 where Miyazaki pitched Miyamoto the one video game that he would like to make if he ever made a video game. Uh, this is how yeah, Miyazaki is from, from uh, Studio Ghibli. So you can check it on our YouTube channel. Uh, it should be under that name. And it's a fun little offshoot, little piece of history there. Yeah. Um, Jeffum, what do you got, man? Hey, get a load of this. Okay. Uh, I believe you gave a load of this in a previous episode, Hanson. Great. But uh, the last the last dance documentary is now on Netflix. Yes. Uh, and it was amazing. And, and I watched it with my wife, who has absolutely no interest in basketball. This is the Michael Jordan was, documentary, this, by the way. Yeah. 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 About the uh, Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan and their entire run through of all their championships and she was just as riveted by it as i was it's just remarkable storytelling and interviews with all those people i couldn't believe how many people like how many people they interviewed and and every single one of like michael jordan's rivalries in his own head of like people who wronged him yeah. and that forced him to go out and score 70 points in a game and it was yeah it was just a remarkable documentary, but yes. now it's much more wildly available. I was literally about to text you to be like, I need somebody else from Minmax to watch Last Dance because I'm going to lose my mind about this thing. It is such yeah. a, like, even if you don't like uh, basketball, it, it is such a fun moment of, like, getting caught up in, like, oh, this is where the world, world was at that time. This was, like, the most prominent, like, you know, besides, like, whatever was going on internationally. They're, like, this was, like, the, the thing that people were talking about in, like, the mid to late 90s and like, yeah. seeing his ascendance as, as, like, you know, Michael Jordan's ascendance. I'm also, I think for how involved he was, it was, it is interesting how much they make him look like a bit of a dick, you know? Like, it, yeah. like it's, it is not totally, like, this glowing, like, oh, Michael Jordan was the greatest player of all time and everybody loved him because like half those people you talk to like people uh he played with and he's like man kind of a dick yeah like uh, he he was a huge dick to scotty pippen at times yeah and so like in interviews 
a lot of people come out and talk a little bit more because there's a lot of controversy when that was first released about like, you know, he had to give the green light for this entire thing. He's a producer on this documentary. So how revealing can it be? But it does. It does. Yeah, I, I think it's more honest than you would think having his name slapped on there. It's just like it avoids certain stuff that's pretty glaring. Like, oh, his marriage is never really talked about. Those types of things where it's like, ah. Eh. I think that's fine. It, it would shed more light on his life in general. If there's enough in there just on how much of a dick he was to competitors that it yeah. you know, reveals a, a truer glimpse of this guy. Uh, Surreal? Yeah. yeah uh, pivoting completely from, from that. Uh, one of the, one of my favorite articles I've read this week is uh, from GameIndustry.biz by Rebecca Valentine. Uh, which has a really nice headline, uh, Conflict Minerals, uh, which gaming companies have funded human rights abuses in 2019? Oh. Uh, and so it's part of this regular series that I guess they've been doing for the past few years where every year they kind of check in on um, several companies' relationship with like their pipelines for consoles. And I think it's like, it's especially important, I think, with all the new consoles coming out, you know, both the new consoles coming out this year that... Um, we kind of keep this stuff in mind in the back of our heads of like, here's where, you know, Microsoft mentions, like they have like this flow chart of like, okay, starts at Microsoft. Then we go to the tier one supplier. Then the, then there are the upstream suppliers and then the 3TG processors or refiners and then the 3TG mines. So they, they have like, Hey, our supply line is, is like better than most. Um, and just like, keep, like keeping track of which companies are kind of getting their minerals from where I think is kind of an interesting read that, yeah. um, you know, with all, with all, like as much as, you know, we're excited about the new consoles. It, I think it's important that we kind of not kind of, um, keep this like that we keep up with this kind of stuff. Cause I think right. it's important even if we're, if it's something that doesn't affect us yeah, that's um, interesting. on a day to day basis. Uh, the links for all these are, are below by the way, in the description. Yeah. Um, so this was on last week tonight. But uh, it's an article from Smithsonian Mag uh, about recreating a 3,000-year-old voice. Uh, So here's a quote from the article. Uh, Employed as a high-ranking priest and scribe at the Karnak State Temple in Thebes, Nes Yaman is the mummy, uh, performed rituals filled with both song and speech, active during the turbulent reign of Ramses XI, who served as Egypt's pharaoh between 1099 and 1069 BC. He died in his mid-50s likely due to severe allergic reaction and suffered from ailments including gum disease and heavily worn teeth. A new study published in the journal Scientific Reports fulfills the 3,000-year-old's priest's vision of the afterlife. Drawing on CT scans of his surprisingly intact vocal tract to engineer an approximation of his voice, the soundbite reconstructs the sound that would have come out of his vocal tract if he was in his coffin and his larynx came to live again. Uh, are you ready for this, Jeffum? The sound of yeah. a three thousand year old mummy. Here we go. I'm terrible. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there we go, everybody. He's That's coming. It? He's come to life again. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most disappointing thing I've ever heard in my life. They didn't life. even try to like have him say a word and just like this is what his general vowel sound would be like Just, <laughs> it sounds like when like an nes game they got really ambitious about like we need to have some sort of voice act like this is ba- maybe based on a licensed property this sounds like it would be out of the ghostbusters game when someone gets hurt or something <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> it needs to be sampled of that for sure yeah i just love like this huge buildup of like all this research the pinnacle of technology for three thousand years reviving this guy and then it's just <laughs> Anyways, hey, uh, did you pull one from the 
Community oh, yeah. Discord. Jeff, forget a load of this. Hey, uh, get a load of this. Uh, this one was posted by Shazira in the get a load of this channel. Uh, it's a... Well, and I lost it. Yeah, it's a oh, shame. No. Perfect. I'm sure it was good, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait. Okay, it's a PC Gamer article. I think I can't see the URL in this picture that I took. By Martin Robinson, it's called Chasing Storm Isaias in Microsoft Flight Simulator. Oh, my God. And so basically he looked at how, because the game pulls real-life weather weather patterns from all over the world, he kind of watched the hurricane going up the East Coast and then basically took off in a plane and flew through it and kind of describes, you know, how it simulates it, how how well it is and, you know, what it looks like and everything and uh, apparently that's, did a pretty good job of it so that's amazing i'm so glad i get to play this okay. game this year unlike yeah. anybody else uh cool thank you everybody for supporting minmax for listening to this marathon i'm sorry this episode went on for so long this is my fault for doing that full rundown of the release calendar so our apologies but thanks for being troopers and watching or listening to this full thing and thanks to everybody in the backstage pass at the new backstage pass tier uh thanks to everybody in the chat who has been Watching the entire show live, again, if you support us at that $10 tier, you can watch this show live, The Deepest Dive live, watch Leo edit, watch later, and just the overall creation process live. It's a pretty raw look, uncensored, uh, dare I say. Uh, and there's a little pre and post show as well for uh, some of our recordings and streams. So thanks so much, uh, everybody in the chat. And thanks for being a nice community, a nice little chat room in there. Um, and thank you to our new and old $50 supporters for keeping this whole thing a running. Do you all have the names pulled up? Let's try going around the table this time. I can. Great. Hey, I want to say thank you to Captain Stubbs One for supporting us on Patreon at the $50 tier. Kyle? The BAM box. Jeffum? I am Apit. All right, we got the order down. You got it, Surreal. Jower, hello. Mirko Rico Torino. Time bomb, Tom. How about that Tyler Carver? Zachary Pliggy. Beaten down, Brian. Rebecca Lang. How about Brian, but with a Y? Mark Seligar. Andrew Valla. Ludwig Rogue. Roka. Jesse Vitelli. Brett Hunter. All right, let's see if we can go faster. Thomas Hoster, thank you. S Snake 24. Yarrow. Rob Hudak, William aka Gar- Rook. <laughs> William Garcia. Tom Blackburn. Spiral in your eyes. Scott Castro. Thomas Hankins. Richard Smuts. JT Fells. Spider Dan. <laughs> Paul Arias. Andrew Sanford. Chris. Steve Bamdad. And Matthew Paxton. Thanks so much, everybody. Be good. Have fun. Let's go. Let's go.